It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, with me as always. LA Times soccer reporter and uh, and reporter extraordinaire, Mr. Kevin Baxter. We have, boy, do we have a show for you. Uh, this weekend was something to be remembered, boys and girls. I think, uh, I think I said it. I think I said it on the show. I said this one could be one of the best ones. I couldn't possibly have imagined in my wildest dreams what Saturday was. And even as neutral as a reporter, this game has topped uh, one of the all-time, you know, great games that I think I've seen. No, I know that I've seen in person. Um, and some extraordinary stuff happened. I don't even I, I don't even know where to start. So uh, we're gonna start at the beginning, and let's just talk to Kevin Baxter and uh, and see if he's he's hanging in there as well. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? What did I miss? Did something big happen this weekend? Nothing. I must have missed it. No, nothing happened. I told you. I did. There was nothing to talk about. That's what we were talking about before the show. Ten minute show, you figure, and we're done, right? Out of here. Yeah, we're out of here. Actually, you know what? Um, uh, people have accused me of, of of having my doubts about Zlatan. I don't necessarily think that's really true. I think I was trying to be more of a realist, but I totally drank the Kool-Aid this weekend. <laughs> that was phenomenal. And I was talking, I was actually talking to Jovan uh, uh, quite a bit this weekend. And he, at one point, he sent me a text. He goes, I'm with the lion. Um, but uh, I was talking to him and, and just, you know, not to be a name dropper, but thinking back at some of the events I've had, uh, you know, the honor and the, and the luck to have covered, you know, six World Series, uh, three, uh, three World Cups, three Olympics. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff. I've never seen anything like that. Um, uh, just the excitement in the stadium, the, the improbability, the fact that it was Zlatan and there was all this expectation. And, re- you know, going into it, I think everybody would agree. First game since December 26. He's 36. He's coming off knee surgery. The heat. And Zlatan mentioned the heat. Remember, he's coming from frigid Manchester yes. to L.A. And, and granted that it's not summer yet, but it, it was warm. And he comes here. Um, it, it must have felt super oppressive to him. All those factors, I think everyone was settling, settling in and saying, okay, we'll, we'll give this guy a chance to get acclimated. And holy cow, he comes out like, I totally drank the Kool-Aid. And, and by the way, the Kool-Aid analogy is, is, I think, appropriate because Zlatan was like the Kool-Aid man bursting through the LAFC defense, uh, Mark Anthony Kay and, and, and Laurent Simon on that last goal when he just burst through both of them and got to the ball before... Uh, before Tyler Miller could and headed it home, um, it, it just incredible. When you think of all the, th- just all the things we talked about. Now he leads the galaxy in goals already. It, it, He's it only played 19 minutes. 19 minutes, two goals, uh, two shots on goal. By the way, they both went in. Um, uh, yeah, 19 minutes. I, I was talking to uh, to Vanessa, and Ves- Vanessa runs the uh, the game production. I, I I don't know her exact title. I'm sure she doesn't listen to this podcast, but she works with Mike Rajo, who's the announcer. Um, and she was she was saying, you know, what do you? She was asking me before the game, Kevin, what do you expect? And I saw I sort of went through the steps. I said, I'm expecting a draw. I go, but the big story here is as long as the Galaxy don't get blown out is that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is the main story. If the Galaxy lose 2-1, to one, yes, there's a little side note there that says the Galaxy lost, but the overall worldwide story is Zlatan Ibrahimovic makes his debut. I said, now... If Zlatan could score a goal, even in a loss, that makes his story even better. So it ratchets that story up. Now, 
if Zlatan could score like like a game tying goal, now now it starts to get serious. Where you're looking at something that is that is out of this world, crazy worldwide. I go now if he could score a game winning goal, this thing will be out of control. I go not only do you have the stadium, and then you can put in the fact that it's against a rival and against LAFC, and then you can put the worldwide attention on Zlatan, and he comes in and he scores a game winning goal to give the Galaxy a win over their newest rivals. This whole thing in Los Angeles, I mean, this thing blows up around the world. And I went through those steps with her and with Mike, and and we sort of, ju- I just sort of, you know, get laid it out there. I didn't expect him to. Well, first of all, I didn't expect the Galaxy to get blown out, and. That's 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 where we'll probably start. But I didn't expect him to be able to to score the game tying goal and the game winning goal, and to see the Galaxy have this comeback from down three nothing. Um, all those things crazy. But let's let's go well, to yeah. Let, go ahead. let me go real quickly. Let me go over a couple of personal anecdotes that that either affected me or involved me or that I heard about. And, and this is just you know a, a small little microcosm of what's going on out there. Um, the next morning, so the game's on Saturday. Sunday morning. I was on CNN International, and they, they called. They wanted to talk about it. The, the the host I spoke to said it was blowing up all over the world, um, and he he uh, he kind of borrowed your the the lead to your story where he said um, in Hollywood, you know, they they script movies all the time, and uh, this one played out just you know according to script. It was a Hollywood tale, and I said, you know what? I live in Hollywood. It's not a Hollywood tale. This script would be rejected. It would be. Um, it would be DOA. I mean, there's just no way anyone th- this is probable. But the thing that you said, and I don't remember if you said it in, in the podcast or you said it to me in person, but you talked about how, yes, everything that when you talk about get the, let the guy get acclimated, he just got off a plane, he's not going to start, he's not going to play a lot, of, a lot of minutes. Your your retort to me was, yes, for a normal person, that's true, but this is Zlatan. And, uh, it was incredible. I mean, you know what? He if This was only the second game in Major League Soccer history, 23 seasons, the second game in which a team – Trailed three to nothing, came back to win four to three. Um, that right there is improbable. You know, we saw uh, stuff online about how Chelsea fans riding to the, uh, the train to the game in London were on their phones looking at that goal and just and just uh, you know screaming about how incredible it was. The first goal, the long volley. Um, it, it and again, it, it trended. The video trended all over the world. It was number one on ESPN that night. It was the play of the day. Uh, it's still trending on the LA Times. It, it was the number two story. The, the Galaxy story and the Yovan story were the number two and three stories all day Sunday. And we're talking about the third, uh, fourth day of the baseball season. We're talking about the final four, the NBA draft coming up, all these other things. It, soccer was number one around L.A., around the world. It, it, it It's a lot time. There's no other way to explain it. And And the other thing about him, when you talk about a normal human being can't do that, I wasn't even aware of this. Zlatan, in his first game in Syria, ah, that was with uh, uh, Inter Milan, I believe. Or, or Juventus? Game, was it Juventus? Oh, or Juventus, Inter Milan? Juventus. Yeah, Juventus. His first yeah. game with uh, in Syria, ah, with Juventus. His first game in La Liga with Barcelona. His first game in the Premier League with Manchester United. His first game in Liga 1 in France with PSG. His first game in the Champions League. And now his first game in MLS, he scores a goal in the first in the debut in every one of those. And I went back and looked at that, and there were a lot of those teams that he signed with the same week he made his debut, which means it had to be somewhat similar to the Galaxy, where he arrives, hasn't trained with his teammates, trying to get acclimated, steps in the field, and scores a goal. Incredible. Well, uh, Zlatan is the first player to score twice in his MLS debut since Jermaine Defoe 
for Toronto in 2014. Uh, that was uh, that was uh, 2014 against Seattle. Uh, so that was something. And then only two others have ever scored a game winner in second half stoppage time in their MLS debut. Both of those happened in the year 2001. It was Onandi Lowe with K- was with Kansas City. It was probably the Wizards at the time. And uh, and Michael Butler with the New York uh, New Jersey Metro Stars. All right, both in 2001. So Zlatan making uh, history in Major League Soccer uh, in his 19 minutes. That's for sure. But Kevin, let's just go back to the very beginning of this. I want to be very clear with everybody. On Thursday when I did my show, I was expecting Roman Alessandrini to be playing in this game. I was expecting Jonathan Dos Santos to be playing in this game. And I was expecting Giovanni Dos Santos to be playing in this game. I didn't know if they were going to start, but I had them starting in my mind. All right. But I at least had them on the bench. And Siggy Schmidt had gone through the entire week telling us, oh, you know, it's going to be game by game. But they were training and he was sounding optimistic. And I think everybody was very optimistic that in a game as big as this, that you would push these guys, even if they weren't 100% that they should be playing in this game. And we got zero designated players on the bench in the starting lineup. None of them. Ramon Alessandrini, Jonathan Dos Santos, Giovanni Dos Santos, all with hamstring injuries, all out of this game. That is well, a not, not that's to rain on, on this Zlatan parade, but I just need to point out, it, with both Dos Santos's, who, uh, especially in Gio's case, focusing on this summer, focusing on Russia, trying to win a place on national team, they should know, and they probably did know, Juan Carlos Osorio was there. I saw him down by the locker room afterwards. Juan Carlos Osorio was there asking, why are these guys not playing? Is the hamstring that bad? The answer cannot be good for either one, because either the answer is, yeah, the hamstring's pretty bad, and then Juan Carlos Osorio thinks we've got two months to get them healthy for the World Cup. Maybe I shouldn't take them, or the hamstring's not that bad and they still didn't dress. These guys aren't winners. I don't want them on my team for the World Cup. So either way, the fact that those two guys didn't dress, I I don't see uh, too much of an upside for them vis-a-vis the Mexican national team. But anyway, go ahead. No, no, I mean... Listen, I understand what you're saying there, but don't you think that even if it wasn't 100% and Siggy decided that, you know, he was going to be smart about it. I, granted, the emotions of probably playing against LAFC would make me want to start those guys, even if they weren't 100%, Kevin. But that's not the smart way to go about things, and you and I both know that. The smart way is to wait for these guys to be 100%, because as you say, hamstrings um, and those types of muscle injuries on the legs, they can they can nag you for the rest of the season. So don't you want these guys 100% before you put them back on the field because you need them for the long run? And isn't that healthier for Jonathan and Gio to sit again if they're not 100%? So that way they can come back against uh, you know Sporting Kansas City next week um, and be 100% for the rest of the season, get in form, and then be able to play for Mexico. Don't you think Osorio also sees that point of view? Well, I think Osorio sees both sides, but I, I, I just don't see how he can walk away from the stadium when he didn't, when two of his potential starters did not play in what to date is the biggest game of the year, um, and they they had been in training and they trade they trained with the first team, you know Ziggy did say something on Thursday which was Zalatan training day. Right. Um, he said something very interesting because he was asked that very question about, um, you know, would it be smart to sit them down and and to keep them out because you have a long time to go. He was pushing all along for those guys to play. He talked about how they had been in training. He said, here's a quote. He said, their, their speed um, is very good. They've been running well. Um, and then, so the question was, well, then I, I guess they're going to play. And he said, well, it's one thing to be physically ready to play. He said, there's also mentality. 
And he said, you want guys who are committed to playing. Right. And I don't know who he was talking about because uh, also in that group was uh, Siani was also training with those three. So the four guys that were out with injuries, you you get want guys who are committed to playing. We definitely need guys and want guys who want to play. Uh, I read a lot into that, and, and it, there were four of them, so you really couldn't put your finger on which one of those four he was talking about. But he was definitely raising doubts that somebody in that group – did not seem committed to, to wanting to play. But this is the Zalatan show, so let's, let's talk about him some let, more. Let's talk about him. Well, anyway, you go, you go into this and you look at what the, what, what the Galaxy starting lineup was. Um, and, and you sit there, and, and again, I thought these were evenly matched teams, but you needed some designated players on the field for the LA Galaxy. So as soon as I saw they weren't going to have Roman Alessandrini, who really provides so much of the creativity in the midfield, and as soon as you don't have somebody like Jonathan Dos Santos, who allows Perry Kitchen to be very single-minded, and I think that's very helpful, and we'll talk about that in the first half of this game. Um, without those two, I was worried about how the Galaxy would react, and... Here's the thing that I think we've learned so far about this LA Galaxy defense, Kevin. They are not fast, and they will struggle against faster teams. And LAFC is a fast, very fast. is a very fast team. So it, it made perfect sense to me when you're looking at it that these guys that it would be a struggle for these guys in terms of how they were going to be able to face up against LAFC, against Urania, uh, against you know Vela, against uh, um, Rossi. So you look at those three guys right there, and all speed, um, even Blessing as well. So you look at those guys, and it was going to be a struggle from the very beginning. And and so far, LAFC has the the I don't know it, sort of it, their general tr- trend is to be a counterattacking team, Kevin. They like to seed possession and they like to counterattack. And with the Galaxy having guys playing somewhat out of position, I felt like they would be able to be picked off on the counterattack. And if you want to know anything about what happened in the first two goals of that game, and even the third goal is a counterattack as well, they're all counterattacks, all right? And this is the LA Galaxy defense that I thought was so good against Vancouver at regrouping whenever they were scrambling. Granted, they had another defender in that formation against Vancouver, but that was so good at these things that was horrible against it at LAFC. That is the difference between the opening 45 minutes and the second 45 minutes for me is the composure that the Galaxy had in trying to match those counterattacks. And, you know, LAFC is a very good offensive team. They they are averaging three goals a game, which is tops in the league. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of weapons. That's why they play a... The, the you know the formation they play they play a four two three one because they have four legit attackers and that's the only way to get all four of them on the field right no no I mean listen it makes sense so so the galaxy go down two to nothing here's the here's my big thing and big takeaway you know sort of from that first half is that I thought Carrasco and Boateng were having nightmare days um, and I will chalk that up in that first half to not being able to match the intensity of the game that they were playing. In my mind, maybe people can disagree, but you certainly saw that this was a big moment in a big game. That place was loud and rocking at kickoff, Kevin, and you could tell that the Galaxy seemed way more nervous than LAFC did, and Kitchen and or Kitchen was nervous, Carrasco was nervous, both of those guys in the center, center of the midfield. You had Boateng being what looked like a little bit nervous. Sebastian Legette as well is not where he needs to be yet, and I think it, you know the situation was a little big for him. And Pontius as well. You could go through all of those guys. And granted, I know what happens in the second half, but I'm telling you in the first half, Kevin, 
Boateng and Carrasco had nightmare first halves. And you look at the the goal that I, I think it was the first goal with the Vela goal, wherever Ashley Cole lays the ball off to Emmanuel Boateng, and Boateng gets the ball caught under his feet for just a little bit too long. He gets pickpocketed, and and Vela eventually scores. Um, those are the things that can't happen. And you also have to, at least in my mind, sit there and say that Boateng, in my mind, is not a starter, and Carrasco is not a starter. And these guys really are filling in for guys who are injured right now. And so I take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Well, you know, the Galaxy had no shots on goal in the first half. Um, they were trailing two to nothing. It could have been a lot worse. I thought maybe LAFC uh, had a couple of other opportunities where they could have scored. Um, but it was another situation. I think this is, what, the third time this year? Um, I think Vancouver and New York were a little similar where the Galaxy did not have a good first half. They went back in. Ziggy made some adjustments at halftime, gave them a little bit of a talk, um, sort of got everybody back on the same page, and they came out, and it was a totally different team in the second half. And this is something to watch going forward because if the Galaxy are just going to continue to give away the first 45 minutes and then play a good 45-minute second half, they need to find a way to play a full game from the start. It's a 90-minute game. You just can't break it down and say, we'll play good in the second half. It worked this time. And the other the other thing we talked about earlier is I'm going to be interested how many people in the 70th minute with it 3-1 to one and, and uh, LAFC still looking fairly dominant, how many people decided to try to get out of that crowded parking lot uh, a little bit early. Maybe the idea of Zlatan coming on probably kept most of them there. I did not see a lot of empty seats, but it is L.A., and we know people leave Dodger games in the eighth inning, so I wonder how many people left the game early. Yeah, very well. I mean, I don't think there were many, and and certainly nobody's going to admit to it now, right, Kevin? I mean, they're going to come. No, no I, I was there. 50,000 people there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Over the years, this is how this is going to go, is people are going to talk about this game because— Listen, I mean, and we've already tried to put this into the hierarchy. But you can't, of, you can't you put can't. this into perspective. I'm sorry, there is no perspective. That's the, the, I think it was Sports Illustrated, perhaps, or, or you know, uh, I think it was Sports. I'm trying to remember who was talking. It was, you know, the most indelible game is sort of what they came down with. But they said, you know, there's recency bias, right? And and whenever things have just happened, you tend to put more weight on them. And so they go through the whole thing, saying, you know, this could be recency bias, or it's the fact that what you saw really was the best thing that you've ever seen. And I've been to three MLS Cups. Actually, I've been to more than that, but three LA Galaxy MLS Cups. Uh, and the 2014 MLS Cup with Robbie Keane scoring in uh, in extra time certainly has a special place up there. Um, but this game was was better than but, that game. It's, you know, it's, you, come away, you come away thinking it's just a regular season game. And Chris Pontius has said this afterwards. He goes, it felt like a playoff game, and it really did. When I was sitting down to write my story, I was thinking – Galaxy didn't win anything. I mean, it was the cro the first crosstown rivalry, and there was that emotion, and you felt it in the stands. But that whole LAFC cheering section that went away when Zlatan did his magic, and it you're trying to put it in perspective. They didn't win anything. It's the fourth game of the season. You know, nothing really was decided. Soccer America came out the next day and called it the greatest game in the history of MLS. I'm not going to disagree, and I've never ever, and other people have said the same thing. Never, ever felt the StubHub Center, anything like that. And I, too, have seen three MLS Cups there. Never uh, experienced anything like that at StubHub Center. No, the, the noise, the the animosity towards each other. I mean, listen, I've been to plenty of Chivas USA, LA Galaxy games as well. There was nothing, there has never been an atmosphere like that at StubHub Center. And you have to credit the supporters groups, absolutely. And, and quite honestly, I'll tip my hat to both sides because both were loud. Um, there were LAFC fans spotted throughout the LA Galaxy uh, stands throughout the entire stadium. That was something that doesn't happen whenever, you know, Seattle comes to 
the town or whenever, you know, Chivas USA used to be around. And, uh, you know, somebody relayed this to me, and I don't know if it's in one of the calls or, or something, but I'm sure I'll step on it and we'll hear it again later. But it was, hey, when, when LAFC went up three to nothing in the 46th minute, and granted, uh, you know, Siggy, 48th minute. Yeah, 40, 40. yeah, 48th minute. Um, it was, he, he, this person said, I saw a ton of black shirts. Uh oh. That's the alarm. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I was going to say, this show has now lasted longer. This show has now lasted longer than Zlatan Ibrahimovic's entire LA Galaxy appearance. All right. So, His entire LA Galaxy career. Yeah, that's it. 19 minutes, by the way. Uh, but, but let me add something that when you talk about, there's, you know, I'm starting to get fired up now. There is no th- way to put this game in perspective. So we're talking about a guy's 20-minute career. Let's say, for whatever reason, he never plays another game for the Galaxy again. Right. It's just what, for what it, Yes. He has left an indelible mark on MLS and on the LA Galaxy, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you, you, you say, oh, you know, what could he have done if he stuck around or this, that. But that one game, that's an indelible mark. He's, uh, on, on MLS. I, I mean, hey, listen, I'm not. I, I, I'm certainly one who likes to pump the brakes on certain things. There have been plenty of people who have already called him an LA Galaxy legend, right? And they're like, it doesn't matter what else he does. What he just did in that game means so much. And it's not just him. And this is the important part, I think, for Galaxy fans. And you know this. And it's and you want to talk about Zlatan. We're, we're, trust me, there will be plenty more Zlatan talk. But Kevin coming out in the second half outside of the own goal, which again was a counterattack. And if Urania's uh, pass isn't kicked into the net by Daniel Stairs, um, it goes to, I, I think, Vela, who was wide open, and it was going to be a goal, right? I mean, it was it was one of those. So it, it, you look at those and you say, okay, so it's 3 nothing early in the second half, but that things had started to change already even after that goal. The Galaxy were starting to build momentum, and it takes somebody like Carrasco, who, again, nightmare day for him. Really tough. He made some defensive plays. He wasn't able to make a whole bunch of defensive great stops. He was out of position a lot. The defense was chasing the ball a lot on the counterattacks because they felt like they were out of position, which they were. So all these things are happening, and Carrasco's able to pick Benny Failhaber's pocket in the middle of the Ole chant. And I think that's an important part as well. In the lore of this story, Kevin, as we tell it, old, as we get older, as I tell my children about this game, as I show them the goals that happened and, and what, you know, I'm going to tell my son some that you never give up because you may be three goals down and with six with 30 minutes to go you can score four goals it can happen but in the lore of this story you have to remember you had LAFC fans chanting ole as LAFC strung pass after pass after pass together probably 10 12 passes in that sequence and then all of a sudden Carrasco apparently has enough of that he picks Benny Failhaber's pocket one quick pass to Sebastian Lejet and Sebastian Lejet scores a goal and it's his first goal since coming back from injury. That is a huge goal. I don't know how you felt after that goal, Kevin, but there was this little twinge of something, and uh, and Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, uh, was sitting next to me, and I looked at Larry, and I said, you know, something happened there. What happened there? And he's like, you know, they scored a goal. Maybe they'll make something of this. And I said, hey, something happened there. Let's pay attention. What did you think when Legette scored? Do you think it was just a consolation goal? Yeah, absolutely. I I thought LAFC, and I know you're going to mock me for this shortly, but I thought LAFC had totally dominated the game up to there. When that goal happened, it was a turnover. Benny Fellhaber rarely makes that. And by the way, Fellhaber fell on the sword afterwards outside the LAFC locker room and totally blamed himself for the game. And 
what he said is the same thing that you saw, that that gave the galaxy a glimmer of hope. That let the galaxy back into the game. And so um, Benny's right in that. It did give the galaxy a glimmer of hope. It did sort of change their perspective. But you know what? Your team's still up three to one. You know, the, your teammates got to help you out. So I'm, I'm not blaming Benny Philharbor for that. But I will say when it happened, I thought it was, I think I even tweeted it. It's like a brief murmur of protest. I didn't think that anything was going to amount to that. I thought it was not a lucky goal, not a consolation goal, but I, I just didn't think that it had changed the run of play. What what may have changed a little bit was right after that goal, if you remember, Carrasco yes. came out and yep. Baggio came on. Baggio played really well, I thought. And and then the Pontius goal, because that came, Zlatan was already on the field. Right, 71st um, minute Zlatan Ibrahimovic comes on the field. By the way, I said 67th minute, Kevin. I was only four minutes off. You were very off. close. Yes. You were much closer, much closer than me. I, I actually thought you had said 70 or 71. But So he comes on. Then Pontius scores. Now, if, if Zlatan's a hockey player, he has a plus three rating for that game. Uh, it was pretty amazing. No goals conceded while he was on. Three scored. Right. Um, when the Pontius goal happened, that's when I thought, uh-oh, this this could be a game. This could be – it's time to – sort. I was writing my story, and it's time to, like, stop writing and start paying attention because – it felt like something was building, and and I know we'll talk about this a little bit, but it's a lot of times. I'm sorry, it's a lot. You know, let's be honest. As great as that performance was, and it was unbelievable. It's a lot of times, first couple of touches were horrendous. He, there was one time when he was coming up the the left wing, and he was way ahead of the defense, and and two defenders caught him within the span of about ten yards, and just really shut him down. And his first touch was just horrendous. The second time he got the ball. He, running, he looked like a giraffe. He just his legs and arms were all going in different directions. He didn't look good. His touch was terrible. Right. Um. And I, I just looked at that and thought, well, this guy clearly. And I even tweeted it out. I think this guy clearly is rusty. He just did not, just did not look good. And and that actually, the way Zlatan told they told it afterwards in the press conference, that actually set up the third goal because he realized it too. He said he was exhausted. He really his legs weren't under him. And so he said when he got that uh, the third ball, the high volley that when he scored from 40 yards, he said his feeling was screw it. I'm not I'm not dribbling anymore. I'm not going to dribble the ball because I can't control it and I look stupid. And so he said he decided the next time I get the ball, I'm shooting wherever I am. Happened to be 40 yards out. He shot and went in. Yeah, that's that's Zlatan lore. All right, this is where he builds up his own like you know his own legend status from behind. All right, he shot it because he saw it. He glanced up a little bit. He saw that ball. Now again, the Pontius goal is so important, and it comes from another player. And I talked. We talked about Carrasco, sort of tipping it off, Kevin. In, in terms of he got a he got an assist. It led to a goal, and then he got subbed out. So there was a little bit of redemption for him. Emma Boateng, who had been losing the ball, who w- couldn't find crosses, who couldn't find people, um, you know, just just again having a, I think, a horrible night again. Um, he got the he got the assist on the Pontius one, and it was a great ball, and it was a perfect one. And Chris Pontius had a diving header, or at least a a header on goal, about two minutes before that, and it went straight to Tyler Miller, LAFC's goalkeeper. Um, and then to see it happen again, and Boateng put in a good cross. And Pontius just sort of drift in off the back shoulder. And Pontius, a guy who ha- wasn't having a great game, scores that goal. Now it's two. Zlatan's on the field. You can tell that he's starting to affect them as well. They're starting to send two or three guys towards him or at least be very aware of where he is. And that's when the other goal happens. And and your trivia answer uh, for the first Zlatan goal is who has the assist on the first Zlatan goal? A 40-yard screamer, by the way, that nobody will ever forget. 
Except that they might forget that the man who 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 put the assist in is none other than Daniel Starris, who will be written in history books uh, for from here on out. A header that goes up and Ola Kamara's will to try to win the ball, Kevin was what made that play happen. He goes up to try to win the ball. The ball bounces over him and the LAFC defender and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You could see him sort of stutter step, or not stutter step, but adjust his stride. And if you go back and watch it in slow motion, which, by the way, I've only done about 70 or 80 times, watching the replay of this game on Fox uh, FS1 whenever it came on on Sunday, uh, I've watched highlights of it, and and I can I unfortunately or fortunately for me I have access to the full game replay, uh, so I've watched the whole second half now two or three times, um, and then all the highlight videos and everything else that you can find. But you watch him; he just he spaces his 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 pace just a little bit. He just puts those feet just, and, and you could tell he's getting ready to shoot, and then he hits it with his right foot, and that ball swerves what, 10 yards, 12 yards, because it starts outside the left post and ends up nestled inside the center of the goal uh, and right over top of Tyler Miller and, and good Lord Zlatan. Tyler Miller has a family, all right, and, and, and Zlatan has, has, doesn't care, does, doesn't care at all, just takes that swipe and puts it in. Somebody asked, Kevin, what it was like in the press box. So I'll let you tell people what it was like on your side of the press box because we were on opposite sides. And then I'll tell people what it was like on my side of the press box. Well, I want to go back to the goal for just a second oh, go because ahead. one thing that made it spectacular for me, well, there's a lot of reasons it was spectacular, but one thing that particularly made it spectacular as you watch the replay is it was a lightning bolt um, because the play started with a goal kick from Tyler Miller. Um, it wasn't a goal kick. It was a free kick. It a was free a free kick, kick outside. Miller, the, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, across the midfield stripe, Daniel Starris headed it forward. I don't think with any real intent, just get it back over the over the half line. Right. Uh, headed it forward. Toward, as you said, toward Ola Kamara, who was uh, uh, was marked pretty closely. Ola went up and really didn't have a chance. I mean, I, I don't think he missed it. I think the ball was just over his head. I don't. I don't think he really had a chance. But it, again, Zlatan in the post game press conference talked about how when you are in and and this was really educational to me. You may know this, but I found it really educational. He said, and it, it told while he was why he was in position. He said, when you're in a four four two, and one of the forwards goes up to contest the ball. Your job is to move forward and be prepared to get a rebound. Um, and so he was moving forward thinking that Kamara may head the ball forward or or he could possibly miss it, Zlatan said. So he was already moving forward. When he saw Ola go up, his, his, his job was to move forward to get the rebound. And so he was in perfect position for that, um, to pick that up. The I think the feeling in the press box was, we're not allowed to cheer in the press box. For one thing, it's unprofessional. For right. another thing, we're not allowed to be fans. There's a lot of reasons you just simply don't do that. There is a lot of oohs and ahs when something spectacular happens, and that's in any sport. Yep. If a guy makes a great play, regardless of what team he's on, you'll say, wow, or whatever. But the, in the stands, people went nuts. We couldn't do that. But there was a lot of disbelief, a lot of wow, a lot of holy, you know, that I just see that. Yep. Um, obviously, not a lot of clapping and cheering, but no. the expressions of of surprise, um, uh, you know, was was pretty strong. Now, you were sitting over in the side where the LAFC PR people were. Yeah. And so it, I would imagine it was a little different over there. So what well, I had, I think I, I think over my shoulder, I had the LAFC social media team uh, who was enjoying the game up until that point, for the most part. Uh, the 3-2 made him a little nervous, but I don't think that they were sweating it too much. Um, uh, there was an audible groan coming from, I think, back behind me whenever that went in. So there was something there. I will tell you that all the reporters in my row all said, wow. And it was, listen, there was a wow whenever uh, Vela scored as well. 
All right. Um, his first goal, especially that that left footed curler into the upper left hand corner was just an amazing goal. And we had a great view of it from the press box. Um, so it was one of those just like, wow, that was a great goal. You know, that type of thing. This was different. Um, and again, there's no cheering. Like you said, it's 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 unprofessional to do so. But there was a sense of what did I just see? And the fans were able to communicate that better than what we were. Um, I think my tweet was, oh, my God, um, because I didn't know what that was that we just saw. Because you saw him taken up to line it up, and you're like, okay, so, you know, even in the split second before he kicks it, Kevin, you know he's going to kick it. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, you know, what does he think he's going to try and accomplish here? And this line drive rope that goes over Tyler Miller and into the back of the goal and to tie the game. I mean, again... Put all the factors into it. I know I don't have to tell the fans this. Put all the factors into it. The Galaxy are down 3 nothing. All right? All of a sudden, it's 3-2, which means they're close to getting something. That means they had no hope before. At 3-2, now there's this glimmer of hope, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic does something ridiculous. All right? And, uh, and Siggy Schmidt says, uh, was, was talking about uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and, and what he had to do... Um, you know, uh, uh, and, and what it was, and it was just about daring to be brilliant, right? Daring to be do something like that. Even having the mind. First, if you're going to be Zlatan Ibrahimovic on this, Kevin, you have to think, I can score from here. Second is, you have to be able to execute that. And then, and then third, if everything comes together, you get a goal like that. But the first thing that you even have to think about is, I'm shooting from 40 yards out. Well, and, and if the ball goes over the net, which it would have, you know, it would, into the stands, which it would have done for just about any other player, you look beyond ridiculous. Um, I don't care who you are, Lionel Messi, if you put that one in the stands, you look beyond ridiculous. The only other goal that I think I've seen in person um, that I can compare it to is Carly Lloyd's goal in the Women's World Cup final in 2015, the one from, yep. from the midfield stripe. That was an incredible goal. Um, it was unbelievable to see in person. But the difference in that one was that made the game four to nothing in the 16th minute. That was sort of um, the final nail in the coffin, and the game had already been decided. This was the game, a, a, a goal that scored, that tied the game against your crosstown rival in the 77th minute in your first game in MLS. There's a lot of differences there. So it, you may be able to look at the videos and say, oh, that Carly Lloyd goal was pretty good. But the circumstances were totally different. Yeah, it was. Uh, this is what uh, what Siggy Schmidt said about the goal and about Zlatan. He says, uh, I turned to assistant coach Dominic Nier and my coaches and said, that's world class. You can't teach that. The vision to see the goalkeeper was off his line and the ability to raise his leg that high to hit the ball. And Siggy says, I don't think many of us can do that even on our best days. My, my leg doesn't go that high. Um, I, and then he continues. He said, I used to have a coach I coached with and he used to have a saying, you got to dare to be brilliant and you can't do something brilliant unless you dare to be brilliant. And Ibrahimovic is the perfect definition of a guy who always dares to be brilliant. Um, yeah, so there you go. You got a game tying goal now, Kevin. Now it's bedlam. Now things are happening. You have to remember, and I'm sure it will be somehow written out of most Galaxy fans' uh, telling of this story, but that you had Urania come down and should have probably scored the the game winner against uh, Bingham. Had him going the wrong way and clipped it off the near post. Um, I thought that was going in whenever he hit it. It was right in front of me, and I could see the whole line. I'm like, that's going in. Uh, and, he, and he slid it between two defenders. That should have put the game away, and it, it was probably unfortunate for LAFC not to get that goal and sort of crush the Galaxy because I'm not sure the Galaxy are able to score another goal if, if that goes in. There's just too much heartbreak. Um, but then you get the game winner, and let's talk about a move that Siggy Schmidt made 
that is getting no play whatsoever, and I'm going to tell you how smart a move this is, and then I'm going to tell you why everybody um, was yelling and screaming about this move last year. They brought on Dave Romney, Kevin, and, and you remember Dave. Dave plays left back. So they brought on Dave Romney, and they moved Ashley Cole into the left midfield spot. All right, and what they wanted to do in this case is get Ashley Cole, one of their most experienced players on the team, and a guy who can cross the ball, especially cross the ball to tall guys. Uh, they wanted to get him the ball. All right, and that was sort of the idea behind that. Plus, it was bringing in a defender who could help lock the game down at the same time. And so you you basically bring another defender on, but you're actually adding to the offense at the same time you're padding the defense. It's a brilliant move in this case, and it works out because Baggio Husidic puts that ball up over the top to Ashley Cole. Um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic starts chasing after it, realizes he's offside, and of course backpedals and retreats away from it and starts headed towards goal. Ashley Cole runs onto it. His left foot swings it into Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and Ibra is able to get his head on it and knock it to the back post where it goes in the net for the game winner in the first minute of stoppage time, and that ends up being your game. But... I remember Kurt Anolfo pulling the same move and moving Ashley Cole into the left midfield, Kevin. And I remember people yelling and screaming and saying how stupid an idea that was. And I remember coming on the podcast and saying, no, 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 it makes sense to me why you would do that. All right. And this is one of those occasions that Siggy Schmidt, it works out for him. So he's a hero. Right. And it's and and because he's a hero, quite honestly, it's a smart play in this particular case. And it happened and it affected the game. And that's the reason the Galaxy were able to get the goal winner. That and Ibra being a very tall target dude uh, who's able to flick on headers and put him in the back of the net. I thought it was a genius move by Siggy Schmidt and nobody's talking about it. People are talking about Baggio Usidic, Kevin. And even Siggy Schmidt talked about Baggio coming in and being a real game changer, a guy who was able to settle down possession and also give Perry Kitchen a one-track mind, which is be a defensive midfielder first and worry about the offense second, all right? And I think that's important going forward is understanding where Perry Kitchen's best spot is. We all know where it is. It's that defensive midfield. And the double pivot with him and Carrasco did not work against a very quick counterattacking LAFC team. Well, you know, there's a number of things that you brought up there. The the fact that the Urania goal didn't go in it's kind of like it was almost felt like in a way that this whole thing was ordained to happen the way that it did. Right. If that if that goal goes in, um, even if Ibrahimovic winds up scoring on the header, it ties the game. It doesn't win it. So and by the way, and the goal came. The, you you keep saying stoppage time. That's correct. It came in stoppage time. Ten minutes and ten seconds into stoppage time. What happens ten minutes earlier? It's an 89th. What it's be a 90th minute goal. But just the fact it happened in stoppage time. I mean, to me, that just adds to sort of the the drama of it, you know, it was in stoppage time. They were almost out of time. It was in stoppage time. But that goal um, was the, that's the kind of goal I thought. Um, and we'll talk about why Zlatan may still be, why I still, I, I, I'm not going to lump you into this, although you started it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> why I still think he may be uh, a little bit of a rich man's Alan Gordon, because that's the kind of goal that I thought he was going to score. Um, you know, stationary in front of the net, waiting for some, a, a good service, um, and then going up and, and putting it in because, you know, as good a defender as Simon is, and he's played really well for LAFC this year, um, he gives away a good three inches to uh, Ibrahimovic. Martin Anthony Kay was actually the, the tallest defender or the tallest player on the field for LAFC, and he's 6'3". He's given away several inches. They did have Walker Zimmerman on the bench. He's still kind of hurt. He's only 6'3". They didn't bring him in. The point is there was nobody that LAFC had on the bench or on the field 
that was anywhere close to being tall enough to mark Zlatan in a situation like that. And you're going to find a lot of teams around the league that are going to be in similar situations. Zlatan is the equal tallest outfield player that Galaxy have ever had. They did have a 6'6 goalie at one point, but they have never had an outfield player uh, taller than Zlatan at 6'5". And a lot of teams around the league are in the same situation. So you're going to see him post up in the middle uh, and try to get some of uh, those you know, crosses from Ashley and, and Allison Drini is really good at that. At that. Uh, you know, um, um, we saw LeJet in the preseason set up Siani with a really nice uh, free kick. So a lot of that, um, that's the kind of goal I expect is a lot of time to score. The first one was, you know, obviously otherworldly. But that goal was, I think you're going to see that play again and again and again. And if Zlatan scores... The over/under in Vegas was, I think, 21 goals. I'm not, I'm not buying that even after that game. But if Zlatan scores 10, 12, 15 goals, I bet you more than half come on a play like that. Well, his uh, goals per 90 minutes right now, Kevin, at 9.47. So technically, if he plays 90 minutes against Sporting Kansas City, which he's not, uh, he could reach double digits just on his uh, average alone. There. Now let's go back. Controversy, Kevin. Controversy. Woohoo! Um, offside. Offside, people oh, are he saying, was a good six inches onside. <laughs> you're st- and, and you always steal the leads on these. Um, that that's fine. I I'm just going to stop telling you things before we go on the air. Listen, there's been there's been a lot of talk, and certainly if you look at the overhead ang- overhead view of that, it looks like Ibra could be offside, and you're looking at a camera angle that is at an angle again. Remember that. So and and all these things have camera angles to them. So you look at that and you say, was he offside? And can you determine exactly that he was offside? Was it a clear and obvious error? Could VAR look at it? Well, there's only one person I trust with my offside stuff, and that's soccer photogrammetry or at offside modeling on Twitter. And these guys use the angles and and lines, and they're able to you know analyze and and set lines up and tell you whether or not they are offside. So they took the overhead view of Zlatan Ibrahimovic getting the ball from Ashley Cole and have determined in that overhead view, the one that's from the broadcast angle, in that overhead view, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic was seven and one quarter inches offside. So there you go. Case closed. Zlatan Ibrahimovic was off. Oh, wait a minute. Stop the presses. All right. Somebody, if you all remember, Stu Holden uh, uh, tweeted out a picture that was taken from the field that looks more or less in line, but again, still at an angle. And you can tell it's a little bit in front of the play. And if you see the ball, it looks like he's onside. So they were able to analyze that picture. And without having a ton of references on either of these pictures, these are approximations and not exactness, but they were able to say that Zlatan Ibrahimovic was onside by an inch and a half. Okay, so now you're offside by seven and a half inches or seven and a quarter inches and onside by an inch and a half. Guess what they said, Kevin? Actually, you know you know what they said. You don't get to answer. Uh, they said, basically, this is too close to call. That even with the angles that they have and all the things, there is no definitive angle that tells whether or not Zlatan Ibrahimovic was onside or offside, and there certainly wasn't enough video evidence to overturn the call. So all the conspiracy theorists who are out there who are saying that LA got the b- benefit of the doubt, do a little bit of research and a little bit of science, and you too can come up with the unbelievable conclusion that it is undecided. And if it's undecided, that goal stands. So that's a well, good goal. Here's a, here's a couple of things. You know, the, it's the assistant referee who needs to call, make the offside call. Mark Geiger 
the official is a little bit closer. He cannot make the offside call. He's not in a position to do that. He's not. I don't think he has the authority to do that. He I think can. it has to be the he assistant can, referee. He, no, he can assist- call. He, he can call offside. It's just not real smart when you're at that angle. But the assistant referee, at best of circumstances, is thirty with the, the size of the Galaxy Field, is thirty-seven and a half yards away, and you're supposed to make a determination of seven, six or seven inches from thirty-seven and a half yards away. So it, it's anyone that will blame the assistant referee on this to say you should have seen those six inches, um, it totally wrong. I mean, you can't do that. A, a referee is not going to make that call unless they're absolutely sure. And I'm sorry, you're not absolutely sure when it's uh, based on six inches. Um, so you, and you can't take a goal. I mean, maybe you raise the flag if the, if the, the header goes over the net, you know, maybe you're not hurting anything there, but you're not going to take a goal off the scoreboard based on, on your guess about six inches and then finally, and the last thing, and, and this was not going through anybody's mind, it's me talking, what, two days after the game. Really, do you think anyone really has the huevos to stand up and take that goal <laughs> off the scoreboard at that point with that crowd going nuts? I'm not saying the assistant referee let that go through his mind at in, in any way, but I'm just saying you'd have to have brass ones to do something like that. Well, well, here's another thing. I like to be a little more pain, a little more pointed, a little more blunt. For all the morons out there claiming that VAR didn't look at this, guaranteed VAR looked at this. It just got looked at and said, "Nope, not touching that." That's exactly what they did. And I think Kevin Stott was the uh, was the fifth official, the VAR replay guy. So Kevin Stott looked at it, said, "Nope, not touching that one. Have a nice day." And Mr. Mark Geiger, please continue with the game and count off those last two minutes. Set with the LA Galaxy can celebrate a four three victory at home. Uh, the it, it, unbelievable game. It, it it goes. It defies. Listen, I've had more things, uh, more requests today, and it's not even requests, but I think you're going to hear it in some of the calls that we have because we have a ton of calls that we're going to go through. And if you guys send them in, we're going to try to play them. So we're going to go through that. But I've never had Kevin more people say, "I can't wait for the show tonight," and it's not because you want to hear. Kevin and I talk about this show. I don't think that... Well, if they want to hear me, probably. <laughs> probably not. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Okay. They, they, it's Pato. Not, yeah, yeah, Pato is exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, they, it's not because you want to hear us talk about it, or it's not because we, we talk about things all the time. It's because, and this is my this is what I'm putting into this, and, and what I understand is that you've probably run out of people who are as passionate about soccer as you are to talk about this. Because I drove home and called everybody I knew, and after three or four people who I, you know, who can you really talk soccer? Quite honestly, my mom was probably the one who was most receptive to my, oh my God, what did I just see? Because I had trouble writing a game recap for this game because it's sort of like, okay, no words are ever going to be able to come close to defining what we just saw. I'm not even sure what we just saw. How do I put this in a memorable form where people are going to be able to relate to this? And the bottom line is that you guys out there listening and following the LA Galaxy and and being part of that game, you just want to hear somebody else talk about it, maybe in the same way that you talk about it. You want to hear more about the game. You want to be part of this game again because you're living it over and over again. And clearly the highlights are part of that. And then wait till it comes off of uh, unfreezing it after 48 hours uh, after the national television freeze, you're able to watch it on MLS Live for free. I know a bunch of you are going to be able to go out there and watch that game again and see that again. And you're going to get to tell people. I mean, Kevin, I don't know about you. I got a text from um, from three guys I work with, two of which don't watch soccer, who said, oh my God, what a game. Well, um, I saved my parking pass because I mean, it has the date on it. Um, it. I've already talked to people who have watched the replay and are surprised that it ended the same way, that all that really happened. I tweeted out the next day, can you guys, t- can you believe that that really happened? And 
um, you know, like I said, people watched it again and were stunned that it came out the same way. You know, people thought maybe it, it had been a dream. I remember when I was writing my story, I called you over and showed you the top and said, is this over the top? Is this too much? And you said no. And I felt like I'm making this out to be the greatest thing that ever happened. Maybe I'm going a little bit too far for people who didn't see it. But, um, you know, again, people that, that just saw the highlights, the, 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 the kids in Chelsea that watched it. Um, everywhere. Uh, it was insane. And uh, in drinking the Zlatan Kool-Aid, let me say something else. I, a, a sports writer friend of mine w- once said what we really need to do, and I think he means in writing and podcasts, which hadn't been invented then when he told me this, is to try to bring fans in and show them something that they can't see. They all see the game. They see the final score. They see how the players scored, but they don't see what happens in areas that they don't have access to, and we do. So let me, a little bit of why I'm uh, totally drinking the Kool-Aid on Zlatan now is before you would read his quotes and maybe even hear some audio of him speaking, and it was so over the top and so uh, bodacious and and so braggadocious, it really turned me off. I really like my athletes much more humble, but um, when you see Zlatan do it and you, you are in the room with him, it's clear he's having a good time. He says those things, and he says them exactly the way we, we write them down. But he says it with a wink and a nod that you almost have to be in the room to feel. Um, he's extremely polite, um, incredibly polite. He um, is is very patient with the media. Um, you know, the U.S. soccer media still is not the most educated soccer media in the world. And there are some dumb questions. Some of them come from me. Um, none of them come from Josh, but uh, he answers them very politely. He's very respectful. He speaks seven languages. Um, he's an incredible guy. I mean, in, in just a couple of days, I've already totally warmed up to him. And the fun part, you could you could see that on the field. The fans could see that on the field when he ripped the jersey off. That was totally sincere. It wasn't an act. It wasn't premeditated. And in the press conference afterwards, he said some of the typical Zlatan stuff, but with a big smile. We always talk about we don't like it when athletes act as if it's a job. Um, we want them to have fun. But then when they, when they have fun, we act like they're not taking it seriously. You know what? Zlatan is having fun. And he had fun in the game. And he had fun with us afterwards in the press conference. Um, and, and I'm really loving him. I, I just think um, he not only is he a good copy, but he just brings a whole different feeling to the team. And we're going to talk in a minute about why I don't think we should get too far in front of ourselves with this. And, and he has not changed the game of soccer as we know it forever. But for right now, I, I'm having a good time with the guy. I think he's hilarious. Can can you go? I mean, can we even put into per, into perspective or, or you know ch- try to understand what it means if LAFC wins that game three to nothing or three to one, and Zlatan comes on and, and doesn't? Because you know I, I sort of said in my opening, or at least my opening few remarks, is that. You know, as long as the Galaxy didn't get blown out, that wasn't going to be the story, right? The story was going to be Zlatan coming, at least worldwide. Here in, in Galaxy circles, it certainly would have been the story if, if the Galaxy lost, you know, 2-1 to one to LAFC. Um, but there's a real sense that, that, that something happened. And, and maybe something happened for the, for the right way or the better way, but who, who really knows because we can't go back and see the converse. But that soccer in Los Angeles may have been born in that game. And I don't know if you have the upstarts. You certainly had LAFC, Kevin, who came in. And what did you tell me at halftime, Kevin, whenever they were winning two to nothing? You came up to I me. I said, I told you these guys are good. Yeah, you told me. And I was, I was about ready to kill you because I said, they're, the Galaxy are playing without three designated players. Clearly, LAFC is talented, but I didn't think they were that good. And even through the first three nothing score, I would say that they were playing a team without three designated players. 
and the Galaxy then showed some quality. But let's say that, that LAFC, they come in with all this confidence. They go, what happens in Los Angeles, or at least what happens to the LA Galaxy fan base if LAFC wins that game? It's different. It's totally different. Certainly on this podcast, it's different in, in how we view the game. Well, but, but I just felt like there was something there. It was like the Galaxy said, not yet. You don't get to take over Los Angeles yet. And for some reason, I feel like that will spark the return to uh, to Bank of California Stadium whenever these two teams face off again. That, that makes this game so much bigger than if LAFC would have won it. Well, uh, to, uh, again, to uh, trying to put a little bit of perspective on this. After 48 minutes, um, LAFC had nine goals on the season in two and a half games. They had not given up a goal from the run of play all year. Uh, they were beating the Galaxy on the Galaxy's turf. They were shutting them out. The Galaxy hadn't have a shot, hadn't had a shot. Right. And then finally they get the goal and it starts to come back. So you're right. I mean, in, in, over the last 30 minutes, they outscore them four to nothing. Um, you're right. All of a sudden, the the El Trafico now is a classic. It, it, that's it. I mean, to have the first El Trafico end like that, it's now a classic rivalry. And, and it's going to have to have a bunch of dogs in a row before it's not a classic rivalry anymore. Um, Ziggy and, and Pontiac both said afterwards, this is the kind of game that can carry us the rest of the season. And you always, when you're covering a team in a long season, you always look for a turning point. Right. Sometimes it's an injury. Sometimes it's a, a trade. A lot of times it's a game. Remember, and this game comes on the heels of that gutty game in Vancouver, which was a draw. Um, but the Galaxy hung on and did, a, you know, absorbed a lot of pressure and, and got out of there with a point. So it comes on the uh, on the, the end of that. The Galaxy can do the same thing you're doing, which is harp endlessly on the fact that their DPs weren't even on the field and, and say, we're going to be so much better when we get those guys. So it, it sets up the Galaxy season. If they can build on it, it sets them up. Bob Bradley already said, this is the the loss. He said, this is the game that will make us a better team. And by that, it, it'll do exactly what what happened to me. It'll sort of burst the bubble and say, we're not as good as we appeared to be up until that point. We can fold. We can give up four goals in 30 minutes. We can lose a game. We have to be better. We can't let down. I don't know that they did, but I certainly, uh, you know, there was a feeling, I think, at least on my end of the press box, that the game was over when it yeah. was three to nothing. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, there was a lot that happened, a lot for these teams to build on. But, you know, Jovan sent me a message the next morning. He said, we're back. And what he's talking about is after last season, after the dismal last you know the year they had, now they've got a big name DP. You know, think King, think Gerard. Who again, when they got Gerard, we all thought it was the greatest thing that had ever happened, and no, it no, didn't no. work out. But you remember there was enthusiasm. So his yep. point is, we've got the swagger. We're the big guys in the room now. We've got the big player. We win the tough games. This is the five-time MLS champions, uh, and that's what Jovan meant by that. We're back now. It, it, if they if they wind up getting blown out by Real Salt Lake, which is not going to happen. But if they were to lose two or three games in a row, all of a sudden we're back to questioning everything again. Um, remember, it was I don't want to rain on anyone's parade, but it was 19 minutes, essentially, when was lockdown came on, and it was, it was magical. It was a magical 19 minutes. I've had relationships that didn't last that long, okay? So 19 minutes. I've worth. had marriages that didn't last that long. <laughs> uh, just uh, Chris Pontius he, and talking about the comeback, I, I want to put this in here. Uh, Chris is... He's a veteran player, Kevin, that I think is going to have a real say on this team. Uh, he seems to be a leader, and granted, he's playing a lot of minutes right now because guys are injured, but he's still going to be a guy who comes off the bench and plays minutes, uh, even when that happens. And, and Pontius says uh, on the comeback, he says, 
Uh, I've never had that happen at any level that I've ever played at, and to have it happen at this big of a game, there's no words that can describe that feeling. It's pretty special. To be honest, although it was 3-0, to zero, I never felt like we were completely out of the game. He was he was the one who didn't think, because I, I thought it was over. Um, he, and he continues, he says, I thought we started off the half pretty well. We had a couple, I think maybe two looks, and they came down, and that own goal is a bit unlucky, but I knew that we had started off on the front foot, which is something we didn't do in the first half. They took it to us pretty good. I think they put a lot of energy into that first half, and we were able to kind of find Find some pockets just because they had a bit of tired legs. And then we sub in a guy like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They drop even more because they respect the guy, rightfully so. It's like the perfect storm, and we will we were able to finish our chances. Rich man Alan Gordon, super sub. Zlatan Ibrahimovic gets to go up against tired legs on guys who are undersized because nobody's 6'5. Um it, it's the perfect storm. I think Chris Pontius is right. It was the perfect storm for this. Uh it it was it was an unbelievable game to be at, and quite honestly, I almost dread play, going back and seeing a game on Sunday, Kevin, only because I know nothing. It's almost like disappointment. You, I know I'm never going to see another game as good as that one. Yeah, well, and, and here I'm going to, I'm again, I hope everyone, I'm getting a lot of hate mail already. Oh, I have, one, I have one later for you. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I know. We'll, Thank we'll, we'll you. I appreciate that you saving that for, for the world. But um, to be honest, this is what I think. In my mind's eye, this is what I thought Zlatan would do for the Galaxy. I thought he'd come off the bench late. Again, the Alan Gordon analogy. Come off the bench late, um, affect the run of play, um, draw defenders to him, open things up for other people. Basically, I thought he would come off the bench late in games and change the game. And he did that. And now he's not going to do this every week. But again, that late goal, that's what I see him doing. Um, and I think we can both agree. He talked about how, how um, he lacked fitness. He, the heat was was just really punishing for him. He had trouble running. He said he felt like he'd played 40 games in 20 minutes. Um, I see Zlatan as being, at least for the next month, uh, as being uh, doing exactly what he did, come off the bench late. I don't see him as a 90-minute player. I'm not even sure he's going to start for a while. Uh, Ziggy talked about how um, Sebastian Legette is playing far too many minutes, and Ziggy doesn't like using him as many minutes as he has. Remember, Sebastian didn't start the first game of the season, played only because Roman got hurt in the second game. This is a guy who's 24, has had an extra month to recover from his injury, which wasn't nearly as devastating as Zlatan. So Ziggy's concerned about playing time for a guy who's 24 and had a a fracture in his foot, as opposed to a 36-year-old guy who hasn't played since December and is coming off a massive, massive knee injury. I, I think Zlatan is going to be, for the time being, uh, a guy who's going to come off the bench and do just what he did. You can't knock it. Are you telling me that if he played 90 minutes, he would have affected the game that way? I don't think so. I think he affects the game the way he did because, again, it's tired legs. It's late in the game. He comes on, and he changes the game. And and that's all to the Galaxy's good. So I, I do see him as being this kind of super sub for a while. I don't think he's going to play any of the games on turf. I don't know how much he's going to travel. You talked about that earlier. You're probably too much of a you're, – you're not going to be brave enough to come out and admit that you admitted that oh. you said he probably wouldn't travel to the East Coast. But yep. I don't see him traveling to some of those games. Um, but you know what? If you get what you get anywhere close to what you got last Saturday, if you get that again – You did well. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I'll take it. And remember, it's $1.5 million. That's all he's getting this year. There is money – there is money somewhere, and we're endeavoring to find out. I'm I'm sorry, uh, you know, he this give this guy the Nobel Peace Prize, but he didn't give up 24 million dollars to come across and play in MLS. There is uh, sponsorship money. He's got a clothing deal. He's, he, there's something going on, 
But as far as the galaxy is concerned, and we can't worry about where the money's coming. That's Zlatan's personal matter. As far as the galaxy are concerned, they play in $1.5 million, some of it which comes from the league. And uh, it's all TAM money, but some of it comes from the league. Um, it's a no-brainer, and he just earned every penny. And again, like I said, if he never plays again, he's uh, put an indelible mark on the galaxy history and MLS too. Yeah, the the uh, it, it's funny just just seeing you know what he was able to do. And so they, they pay him three million dollars total over two years. Kevin, uh, they got three million dollars worth of like advertising out of his two goals. All right, they they're done. They they made that, their money. That thing back. was trending everywhere. It was trending on YouTube, which is the the LAFC sponsor, which is kind of weird. Which it, but it was yeah. trending. It was seen all over the world. Again, the CNN guy, CNN International, you know, in the Sudan, in Australia, everywhere, people were talking about this. Um, people know that LA is not a soccer market yet. It's getting better. I think we're doing a little bit better in the in the, the mainstream media. Both the, the the LA Daily News and the LA Times. My my editor watched the game from home and texted me immediately when it ended and said, we're remaking the, the newspaper. We're changing everything. He, he said in a little more colorful language than I can use on a family podcast, but yes. basically said, screw the final four. This is the lead story tomorrow. Um, and the Daily News did the same thing. I, I How many times have you seen a Galaxy game story on the front page, especially with the main photo and then a separate story and another picture inside? That doesn't happen very often. And I'm not trying to toot our horn because the LA Daily News did the same thing. I'm just saying... That's how magical this is. And I will add that all that happened because it was a, the, the game started at noon. If that's a night game, sorry, we don't have time to redo that. So, again, when you talk about the perfect storm in Pontius's words, the perfect storm, um, Urania one. hits the post. Yep. Um, you know, uh, it, just all these little things add up to this magical moment. Take one of those out. Urania's goal goes in. At best, Ibrahimovic ties the game. It's a night game. At best, nobody on the East Coast sees it because everyone's in bed. So, it was a perfect storm. Everything happened the way it had to happen for this to turn in that magical moment. And probably that's what makes it magical, right? Uh, yeah, I think it does. Let's read this email real quick from uh, Trevor in Manhattan Beach. Trevor says, Josh, so I keep thinking about how you always say that in L.A. you need winning and stars. Did you ever imagine a more perfect embodiment of your theory than what happened on Saturday with Zlatan and the Galaxy? And he says, how have you been celebrating your I told you so moment? Keep up the good work. Uh, there, Trevor, I don't have to celebrate it. You all celebrate it for me. All right. I, I, I know what I see. I know what I've seen over the years and, uh, Zlatan coming into major league soccer, the star that he is, the gravity that he pulls around him and what he's able to do for Los Angeles. And not only that, but at least in 19 minutes, Kevin, a star who can perform on the field as well. Stars and winning. It's all part of the same thing. Well, that, that's a home run right there. No, Trevor is absolutely right. In LA, you, you winning is great, but and you need that, but you need stars. And we have stars. We're lucky. We have the best baseball player in the American League, Mike Trout. The best baseball player in the National League, in Clayton Kershaw. We had Kobe Bryant here. You know, uh, Pete Carroll was the coach at USC. Stars everywhere. But the thing that Zlatan brings is, it's that I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's that extra thing, the personality, the persona. It's it, it works in Hollywood, especially. Um, when you hear an interview with Clayton Kershaw, it's basically get out of my face. And Kobe was kind of the same way. They, they did what they did and they, and they didn't need the, the media to glorify them. They knew how good they were. Mike Trout is a, a kind of, I put my pant leg, my uniform on one pants yep. a leg at a time. And Zalatan is totally different. And that's, and soccer needs that. I mean, you need that, that great goal. And then you need Zalatan to come on afterwards and said, the fans asked for Zalatan. I gave them Zalatan. Yep. 
you need that as opposed to saying, I got lucky, the ball went in. Well, then the story ends. But Zlatan milks it, and that's why he's so good. Well, not only that, but there was a moment that lots of fans caught that didn't get picked up on television a whole bunch, just a little piece of it, was whenever Zlatan fouled uh, Carlos Vela. Right in 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 the defensive third, uh, Zlatan was attacking. Carlos Vela was trying to kick the ball out, and, and Zlatan fouled him, and the ball rolled towards Zlatan, and so uh, he took it. Ibra takes it and he kicks it at at uh, Vela while he's on the ground. It's not hard, but it's enough to say, "Here's the ball." Right, and now there's jawing going on. You have Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who has been an LA Galaxy player for two days. Right, going up to the star of the crosstown rival and starting to jaw back and forth with him. He even puts his his index finger and his thumb close together, like telling Vela how small he is. Right, and probably some other words that are not very nice. Right, he speaks Spanish. Vela understood him. Yeah. Oh, they they knew exactly what those two were talking about. So you have a guy now who's trying to get in the head of the star already. Basically, Ashley Cole did something as well at the very beginning of the game. Uh, he took, I think it was Blessing, uh, Latif Blessing, and he knocked him on his butt the first time Blessing got anywhere near the ball. Just flattened him, all right? I don't even think they called a foul, which was kind of funny. But it he flattened him. Everybody could hear it on the near sideline. It's the Blessing hit the turf, and you're like, ouch, that looks like that hurt. There are certain guys who do certain things. And Zlatan, as you said, so far, Kevin, has been uh, very patient with the press, has been uh, endearing in the way that he talks. I'll tell you right now, and you saw it even in the first training session, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. He's one of the guys, Kevin. He's one of the guys, and he already wants to fight for this LA Galaxy team. You could see it on Saturday, and you could see it just in the way that he was jawing with players. Uh, you could see in the way that he celebrated. He, he talked after the game about how he wanted to take his shirt off and feel the vibrations from the fans. All right, and that's what he did. And by the way, the only person, another trivia question for this game, because it'll it'll be a good one, uh, who got the only uh, yellow card in this game was Latan Ibrahimovic for taking off his shirt after scoring the game-tying goal. Well, uh, I think the big trivia question is who who was subbed off so Zlatan could come on, and that was Sebastian Legette. I, I did say earlier um, that I was concerned about Zlatan, how he would fit into the dressing room, and I say that based on the fact that we knew last year's dressing room was horrible and the year before was bad too um and that i think had a lot to do with the team's collapse down the stretch and remember you know they lost that playoff game in colorado but uh, two years ago but the galaxy were pretty bad the last month of the season um and they got worse and as far as the dressing room goes last year was terrible and i'm a big believer in that kind of harmony that you need in the dressing room when you're with these guys 10 hours a day every single day throughout the season um, so I, I, I was concerned about how Zalatan would come in with the ego, with the persona, with the, the gravitas. Clearly, he can do and say whatever he wants. And if he wants to do and say something that goes against what Ziggy wants or what Ashley Cole as the captain wants, no one's going to stop him. But that is where all that harmony breaks breaks apart, you know, when one guy thinks he's too big. From what I've seen so far, and again, small sample size, couple days, from what I've seen so far and from what some of the players have told me of Zlatan's first morning in training camp – there's probably no need to worry about that, at least right now. Now, if this guy, if this game, the team goes on a couple of game losing streak and you see guys just not playing to the members, a lot came from some of the biggest teams in the biggest leagues in the world. And when he sees a guy like, like Boateng, you know, miss a shot or when he sees somebody miss a pass, it, it's going to be interesting to see how patient he is with some of that, because there are players that are not up to EPL standards. That's why they're in MLS. There are That's other right. players that could play there. But my point is it, it Right now, Zalatan is doing and saying everything right for the media, for his teammates. Obviously, on the field, 
if that continues, this is going to be really magical. But if if he starts to lose a little bit of patience or starts to get a little snippy, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that was always my fear. Right now, that fear has not been realized. It looks like he's fitting in great. And and both Steris and Cole said he's just one of the guys, which you're talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and he's just one of the guys. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is not just one of the guys. I don't know about Messi, but Zlatan so far is doing and saying everything right, and that's totally to his credit. He knew what he was getting into, and he talked about it. He wanted to be here three years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. Let's go to uh, a listener email real quick. Um, This one is from Kevin. Another Kevin. Let's see if he throws (laughs) in a corny joke. Um, It says, uh, hi, Josh. First time emailer here. There was a moment from El Trafico that really stood out to me as significant, but I think has gotten overlooked amidst all the other crazy drama and excitement of the match and, well, Zlatan. After the final whistle, Ashley Cole got all the guys huddled up for a little rally pep talk. Although the broadcast didn't pick up the audio of the conversation, it looked like a real coming together of the team. First, I think it show, really showed that Cole truly is a leader of this team and more than deserving of the captain's armband. Second, it felt like there was real team spirit, chemistry, and bonding happening, which seems to have been missing for a few seasons, especially last year. This made me excited and hopeful for the team's future, and more than anything else from El Trafico, which is saying something because holy crap, did it give me a lot to be excited about, as well as for a few things to be concerned about. Uh, he says, did you guys notice the huddle? What are your thoughts on it? He says, thanks for the podcast. I've been enjoying it a lot since I discovered it last season keep up the good work kevin from san antonio and as of the season formerly of burbank uh last season was so bad he had to move away just kidding uh but so he's got the river walk there man the river walk is awesome in yeah san antonio. yeah it, great great restaurants I'm, I'm not sure that that makes up for no no mls soccer in san antonio though so anyway so kevin so yeah, i saw the huddle you saw the huddle uh, i asked about it afterwards you did and the player that I asked, now something secret must might have been said there. Well, you always have to kind of figure this in when players say, oh, uh, nothing happened. But the player I talked to said that it was too loud that he could not even hear what the other players were saying. So yeah, um, uh, they, you know, maybe they said something that they didn't want us to know about. But again, that goes, it, that's a, a great email to read at that point because it goes back to what I was talking about before. Ashley Cole organized that. Ashley Cole pulled that together. All the teammates came in. Um, as long as Zlatan turns to Ashley and, you know, Ashley has a lot of gravitas of his own. I mean, this is a guy that's played at the top levels, greatest left back in the history of the English national team. So, um, not a guy that, that, um, you know, didn't earn his place. As long as Zlatan looks to him and says, you're my captain, everything's going to be great. Um, if Zlatan didn't come into that huddle or whatever, you know, you could see how things could turn south. And that's what I'm saying right now. You know, everyone's joining hands and literally singing Kumbaya in the middle of the field. No, it it seems that way. And uh, Ashley Cole has been um, just such a force on this team. Again, this is a guy who was really unwanted whenever he came to LA Galaxy. Uh, He's proven to be everything and more. And uh, and seeing him and, and what he was able to do, the fact he gets the you know game winning assist as well, also a, a pretty big deal. So that's it. Now, Kevin, we have to pump the brakes though, and we we've gone through Dreamland, and I want to stay in Dreamland for as long as possible. Just I think like the rest of people, because quite honestly, I could watch a game like that uh, you know every day of every day of the week for 365 days. And I talked to one of my friends, and he has a dad. His dad was watching. His dad's a huge soccer fan. And his dad says you could live 50 years and never see a game like that again. And he goes, so, you know, understand that maybe you're probably never going to see anything like that again. But what you saw with LAFC and the LA Galaxy is almost exactly what you expected to see, which is two teams who do not know who they are yet, Kevin. They are defensive issues on both sides of that with LAFC and LA Galaxy, and especially the LA Galaxy. 
Uh, we knew coming into this year, Kevin, that the defense was might be the biggest question mark out of anything, and they certainly had trouble figuring out LAFC and their speed, and that's going to be a continuing factor. If you don't think that every other team in the league saw how the LA Galaxy were easily exposed with that speed, even against New York City, there was speed and counterattacks. It was the same formula that LAFC employed that New York City got the wins on. So there's certainly something there. The, the, the real difference now is, one... Can the LA Galaxy get healthy enough to start building some more of that team chemistry again and start putting all these pieces together? And I certainly think that some of the people missing in the midfield caused some of those defensive issues as well. Ramon Alessandrini, especially because you're asking Rolf Felcher, who I thought had a wonderful first half and a pretty good second half. And you say, Josh, how could you allow three goals and a defender gets a wonderful first half? Because there's nobody creating chances up that right-hand side except for Rolf Felcher. And he was creating offense like crazy. Defense needed a little bit of work, but I thought that he did okay on the night and played really well. But this Galaxy team still has question marks, Kevin, and that game highlighted them more than solved anything for me. And I think that might be, outside of the euphoria of the game that we watched, uh, the biggest takeaway is that there are defensive issues that you still have to take care of and that this team is so far from a finished product right now um, that it's it's understandable why you're seeing this completely uneven terms of first half, second half um, that we've seen sort of a pattern be uh, o- over these first four games. Well, yeah, if you want to get really super negative, and 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 I'm not sure that uh, you know this is something that I would hang my hat on, but two of the three goals you could actually you credit pretty severe d- defensive mistakes. Felcher took Bingham out on the second goal. Um, you, you know, as he came back to sort of help defend. He ran into the goalkeeper, and they both went down. They both tripped, uh, and Vela had a shot at an open net. And then the third goal uh, was an own goal off off Steros. Like you said, if Steros hadn't gotten in the way and deflected it, probably would have went to Vela, and he would have knocked it in anyways. So, but the, you know, I think the pumping the brakes thing is you're right. It was a magical game. You will never see that again. I, Fifty years. I'm going to say fifty centuries. You're not going to see that again. Um, and it was great, and it's fun, and I'm never going to forget it. But Zlatan's not going to score two goals every 19 minutes. Um, you know, they're not going to come back from a three-goal deficit. It's happened twice now in MLS history. Um, it, it was a good performance. It's something that gives them a lot of confidence. It's definitely something that I think brought the team together. Um, I, I do think it's significant that it happened without the three uh, DPs on the field because I think now the team believes some of the players that maybe felt like they needed to play follow the leader and follow the DPs. Now they know that they can, you know, perform without those guys and that everyone has their role on the team. Um, I, I think a lot of good things came out of that game. Does that mean that, you know, Galaxy are going to win the MLS Cup? No. There's still a team that I think is going to be fighting, uh, you know, for the fourth, fifth, maybe sixth spot in the Western Conference. Ooh, see, you have them a lot lower now. I don't know. That game did did show me something on the offensive side that I hadn't seen before, and it certainly was locked on playing. I think maybe they could be above that fourth. Maybe well, you in the may third. be right. And yeah. my point is, yeah, is this, they, this right. didn't take them from being eight, eighteen, and eight to being the, the the new version of Toronto FC. I just don't think they are now Barcelona and and Real Madrid rolled into one. I still think, you know, they they as you mentioned, there are still some deficiencies that need to be taken care of. You may be right, perhaps. Uh, fifth or sixth in the Western Conference is a little low, mainly because the Western Conference, frankly, doesn't look very good to me right now. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in there for like, sure. Like, look who's leading the Western Conference. I know, Sporting Kansas City, who's uh, who's going to be coming into uh, StubHub Center on Sunday. 
But before we uh, we just barely touch on that game, nobody wants to think about about Sunday with Sporting Kansas. Everybody wants to relive this game, Kevin. That's- okay, well, let me give you one more thing that yes. just came in. This literally just yes. came over the transom here on my uh, computer screen. Yes. The top five social media content ratings from March 31st to April 1st, small window, 24 hours. From Nielsen Social Media, so these are the people that do the TV ratings. The top five social media things that happened this weekend – Number one, and this is in sports, number one, L.A. Galaxy versus LAFC, nearly two million. Yep. Uh, uh, it, I don't know what it hits or whatever on social media. The, so almost two million, one million eight hundred ninety-nine hundred eighty-seven thousand. Yeah, number two, it's, it's, social, Michigan, it's social interactions is what they and and usually social interactions are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is what they rank. So social Grand- interactions. Grandpa says thank you for that. <laughs> but the, the point is, so almost $2 million. Number two was Michigan versus Loyola. And remember, that was the, the the Cinderella underdogs playing the big dogs in the Final Four. Normally, it would just blow everything out, or at least a baseball game from the opening uh, weekend of the season. That was almost half a million behind the Galaxy LAFC. Um, so, you know, forget it was an, uh, an MLS game. Forget it was a West Coast MLS game, because we know that th- there is this East Coast bias in a lot of sports. That was the number one event on social media during the weekend. That's pretty incredible. Well, and in no surprise at all, Kevin. No surprise, even a little we, bit. We had the Notre Dame women's team and th- those fantastic games that they both played. Nope. Um, yeah, we had the the MLS the Texas, soccer. T- Texas Derby in the uh, NBA, Houston and San Antonio. Number one by far, not even close, Galaxy LAFC. And they say soccer will never make it in the United States. Also, uh, not a surprise. Here, Kevin. Zlatan Ibrahimovic earns MLS Team of the Week honors. 19 minutes, two shots, two goals. Game-tying, game-winning. He's on the Team of the Week. And and You know what? It was interesting, too. We went in the locker room talking about giving fans something they don't see. He's got Landon Donovan's corner locker. He does. I I don't remember who had that last year. I think it was vacant. But he has moved. They moved him right into the corner locker that Landon Donovan had. Yep, that is true. That is uh, that is right. There was it Jermaine Jones. Did he have Landon's locker? No, he was. I th- he might have, but I thought he was in a stall or two. He may have been. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was in a little further. Anyway, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, team of the week honors. I think there's a very realistic chance. Uh, Dominic Badgie scored three goals in uh, for Colorado. So there might be a little bit of a race here, but I think if people are really smart about what they're doing here, and I've already seen some reporters revolting against the, the chance that Zlatan Ibrahimovic could be va- voted player of the week um, for this week, but I think that he's probably going to wrap that up. He's going to win goal of the week for sure, and that is going to be a goal of the year contender, and it may win that. Um, for his 40-yard strike. So that's there. So a random corner, or a random LA Galaxy stat comparing 2017 and 2018, Kevin. Uh, it took the 2017 LA Galaxy eight games to reach seven points, and it took 14 home games to reach two home wins. In 2018, it has taken them four games to reach seven points and two games to reach two home wins. So there you go. Uh, the LA Galaxy clearly in 2018 so far outpacing that 2017 team just a little bit. So uh, always nice. You know, the home wins make people feel better, Kevin. You can lose on the road when you're away from the fans and the fans will forgive you. But if you lose at home, you saw what happened last year. Uh, That's that's not a good way to go through life at all. All right. Um, Let's get to uh, some more emails. I want to get this email for sure. Uh, this one is from Alfredo. Alfredo says, Alfredo from Boise, by the way, I, I, I'm telling you, this podcast is just a beacon for people who are outside of Southern California. 
Um, he says, We're putting it up there on the satellite and it's bouncing all over it's the world. All over the world. Just click and fire and forget. That's how it works. Uh, he says, uh, Hello, guys. I want to start off by thanking you guys for the hard work. Kevin, take the thanks now. Because it's going it's to... Uh-oh, it gets ugly It here. gets ugly. All right. I listened to the Extra Time radio episode where Mr. Baxter came off as an LAFC supporter. Maybe I'm harsh on him. His predictions once again bite him in the butt. The concerns he expressed about Zlatan could not be any more wrong. There was not one single drop of optimism in his words. I understand the concerns he expressed could have been a possibility. But as a Galaxy fan, I would have liked to hear some positivity from him. Now... The what if. Kevin stated that as a journalist, he has to stay neutral when it comes down to inner city rivalries. Actually, it's all games, but I'll, well, I'll let Kevin answer. I'm, I'm staying out of this because uh, so far I think Alfredo likes me. Uh, it, he says, if he transferred to write for, Manche- for the Manchester Times, would he drop his allegiance to Manchester City? Can't wait to hear the podcast. Thanks, Josh, not Kevin. I added the not Kevin part just so we know. He just said, thanks, Josh. So there you go, well- Kevin. Let me say, first of all, Alfredo, I enjoy your fettuccine very much. It's one of my favorite Italian dishes. And yes, I would definitely drop my Man City allegiance if I if I went there, just as I dropped my allegiance to every other team that I uh, wound up covering. I have favorites. You know, we've talked about this before. I have favorites, and, and we're allowed to have favorites, and we're humans, and, and political writers know who they vote for and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I would totally drop my allegiance. I, it's interesting that he thinks I have an LAFC bias, when in fact every LAFC fan thinks that I'm in bed with the galaxy. Yes. So as you said, you know, I might, I might be doing, uh, must be doing something right if both sides hate me. But I, I stand by the things. I mean, I'm totally pumped after this game. It was it, incredible. And I, I really like Zolotan so far. And I have to keep saying so far because we don't know. Remember, we let's go back a little bit. And, and as you said, pump the brakes. Remember how much we loved Gio the first couple of months and then the, his first full season. Oh, he was the greatest uh, signing of all time. And when Gerard came, it was everybody's buying the Gerard t- the shirts and the jerseys, and he was great. You know, the first week isn't the time to necessarily – that's that's why, you know, when you get uh, um, engaged to somebody, generally that lasts more than a, a few days, more than 48 hours, um, to really see if it's going to stick. I, I love Zolotan. I think he's great, he's, uh, and, I, and I totally misjudge the personality, at least so far. But – I still think he's 36. I still think he's coming off knee surgery. I still think it's really hot for him here, at least right now. I still don't think he's fit. Um, he he has shown the ability to change games in the exact way that I said that I thought that he would coming off the bench late when there's a lot of tired legs. Um, so let's see what happens going forward. I don't want to. I don't want to ever forget the game that he just played. I don't want to ever lose sight of that. But he can't continue to do that every week, and and I'm not sure that he's going to be a 90 minute player for a while. And I'm not sure that he's going to play every game for the Galaxy. Because, but again, you know, and you were the one that agreed with that earlier. You talked about he probably won't travel and probably won't play on turf. But again, the caveat that you gave to me that proved to be so accurate is that's what would happen with normal human players. Right. This is a lot of time. So maybe it goes, it all goes out the window. But you know, I'm still a little skeptical. Uh, I think what he did this weekend, not scoring two goals and and having a 40-yard wonder strike. But the way he came in, changed the game, and got a result, that's what I expected him to do. Um, And and I kind of expect that going forward, I don't see a lot of 90-minute games 
in the first half of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. And and listen, I I talk to Kevin all the time. If I ever thought that Kevin was going to be biased towards one side or the other, quite honestly, I don't think he would be on the show anymore because he would he would not be doing his job. His job is really to give us the complete unbiased look at these things. And he was great to be able to look at with LAFC. Um, and then, you know, I can still yell at him. So, I mean, I let me yell at him every once in a while, and I think you guys will be fine. Good Lord. Everybody, you know, you know, Kevin, I'm not so sure about these fans sometimes. I don't think they like you very much. No, I'm I'm lovable. I'm huggable and squeezable. <laughs> he also called you quirky. I added that as well. All right, I uh, am quirky. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, my favorite part of the I, I think the well the game was my favorite part. My second favorite part of the entire um, uh, weekend was whenever you called me and said, "Hey, I'm in the parking lot," and I said, "Okay, where are you at?" And you said, "Lot 12." And I said, "Oh, great! I'll be there in like three minutes." He goes, "Okay, come find me." And then they then I parked right next to you, and it was very easy. So it was it was yeah, it, it's easy to find my car. It's always easy to find your car. All right, let's go to some calls because we got some calls as well. Everybody hanging in there? Does everybody need a stretch break? Let's let's have a stretch break. Some Str- people needed a bathroom break. So I won't say who behind the scenes. <laughs> podcasting and there's there's a break in there somewhere try to figure out where it was um so we'll do a little stretch break uh while you're stretching why don't you head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com and you can click click on the shop button we have some not while you're driving but not driving don't yeah i mean or pull over to the side at least you know across cities in iowa are you allowed to say like when you're at a red light because everybody knows everybody checks their phone at a red light right Absolutely. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that either. That's illegal. Don't do it, all right? Or or maybe you can't. Uh, so go to the shop button. Click on the shop button. You can go in there. We have our Lion of Los Angeles t-shirts, which are $25. I think we have about 13 days left on that. And, and before those close out, I do never and I will never guarantee that those will ever become available again. $25 gets you that shirt. It's a great looking shirt. The material is ridiculously soft. I own like four or five of these different shirts all the time. These are, this is a good, this is a solid design. I'm going to toot my own horn. It's a solid design. You're going to want to pick up the Lion of Los Angeles t-shirt before it goes away. And you help support this podcast. Uh, even whenever we go almost two hours long with, with game reviews and everything else. So do that, or you can click and buy a corner of the galaxy scarf on there as well. So $25 get you either of those items. Go order them now before we run out of them. All right. We stretched. We're ready to go. Let's go to some listener calls. Benny is our first one. Benny from Reddit, and uh, he wants to talk about uh, race to say. So here we go. Yeah, what up, Josh? Uh, it's uh, Bane from Reddit. Um, I just wanted to say we're back, man. We did that. Um, surprised me by all means. I mean, a 3-0 deficit at, the, at you know, the 50th minute still going in. But I think Zlatan is a key. I think you called this one, and I think, you know, race to sace is coming. All right, man. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. There goes Betty. So a little race to sace incoming. You know, uh, Zlatan was walking past the trophies on his first day at StubHub Center, Kevin. I don't know if you saw the uh, saw the video, but Zlatan, here he is, walking past the trophies, and he looks and he goes, this is where you keep the trophies? And they're like, yeah. He goes, this is where I'll bring the sixth one, right? And he was like, <laughs> oh, okay, just flat out right there. I mean, the guy, the guy just... He knows how to he knows how to get the fans riled up. So that's that's Zlatan. Race to Sace is coming, Kevin. It's happening. I don't know if you're ready for it, but we'll get you ready by the time it happens. All right. Our our second call comes from I like to call unknown, uh, and I usually quote where these people are coming from. So I'll just say that this person is unknown and drinking because they certainly are coming from the bar. So here we go. Uh, unknown talking about the game. Hey Josh, dude, I was just wondering what it was like in that uh, press box with all those people. Do people lose their mind? I hope they lost their mind. Anyway, uh, 
Felcher, uh, going forward, he did great. Uh, CrossFit sucks, clearly. So if you don't hit this on your show, yo, hit me up and let me know, like, what was the general consensus? consensus? Oh, man, I've been drinking. Consensus <laughs> on Rolf Fletcher and his crosses. Oh, fourth goal, Ibrahimovic coming back. Letting him not be offside to score the goal—that's what we've been missing. That's a—that's a Keen that's a thing, man. I miss Keen, and I like—I like you very much. All right, man. <laughs> you have a good night. Well, trying to say Ibrahimovic when you've had a few beers is tough, but I'm, I'm surprised. I bet you Bob Bradley was in that bar with him. You just didn't see him. Bob oh, Bradley needed a drink after that game, too. I, I love the stumbling over consensus, you know? I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one who, who gets their words a little bent on this show sometimes, all right? So um, I love how he says I can hit him back up, but he never left his name, so I'm not sure who it was. But it was a hey, solid call again. I understand the revelry that took place after this game or during this game. Uh, I could certainly understand that maybe people started drinking a little earlier, Kevin, whenever it was 3 nothing, uh for LAFC. So there, there there could have been a rebound on that one. But that's a, that's a great call. That one might go into the uh, COG Hall of Fame caller right there. So uh, let's move. If you're ready to move on, we can go to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, on Reddit, here is, I believe it's, uh, listen, we'll just call him Bane. He'll say his own name. But uh, you can listen to it from uh, Reddit and also Long Beach. So here he is. Yo, what up, Josh? It's uh, Cocaine Bane from Reddit, um, also from calling from Long Beach. Uh, man, I just want to tell you, you called it. There's lots on Ibrahimovic, man. That is the key. I have no doubt in our playoff run. Race to face, we're doing it. And, uh, no, I'm just impressed. I'm impressed overall with the whole team. You know, without having one DP out there, we showed that we were dominant, not only in the Western Conference, but in all of MLS and I think that there's so much to talk about and so much to work off of. So uh, keep the great content coming. Thank you. And uh, looking forward to the next show. Have a good one. All right. So, so I mean, here we go. We have a guy who is clearly, Kevin, ready to, to vault the galaxy automatically into a playoff spot. Yeah, he, that guy was coming out of a Starbucks, I think. He was kind of... <laughs> he was more chill or, or... Yeah, he said all the words correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's, it was, it was definitely, uh, definitely much better there. But, yeah, I mean again, I think we did a good job, you and I, Kevin, of, of trying to pump the brakes a little bit on this. Um, understand and take that game for exactly what it is and let it like tuck you in every night um, and give you happy soccer dreams every single night and while you're, while you're dreaming in, in La La Land there. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, while you can certainly look at the positives and there are a ton of positives to take from it, there's negatives as well. And so, you know, understand not a finished product. And that's really my biggest thing. It's, I'm, I'm not down on the team, Kevin. I'm just saying they're not a finished product yet. They're four games into a season of which they had a massive rebuild in the offseason. There's a ton of new players still. Their defense is still trying to find its way. And they just added a giant world star personality on the team and they need to figure out how to use him although it certainly worked well on saturday so i don't know well, if there's even th- that this much. race to say so i'm getting a little fired up about this but let's just talk about pumping the brakes and let's see how all this might fit together let's take my philosophy that zlatan doesn't play a 90 minute game for quite some time um doesn't play on turf doesn't go on the road trips which i think you agree with some of that stuff he continues to be um, you know, to fill the, the the role of the last number nine, coming off, changing the game late. And the Galaxy, they're good enough. They were good enough without him to make a playoff run. So th- with his help, they get in the playoffs. I don't know if they finish fifth or sixth, fourth, whatever. They get in the po- point is once you get in the playoffs, as, as we've seen, 
um, you can go to the final and you can win it, even if you finish sixth and have that little wild card game. You know what? I'm thinking by October, November, he is already playing 90-minute games. So now right. all of a sudden you go into this playoff run and you got this guy out there for 90 minutes. Why? Because he's 36, coming off major knee surgery, and you haven't you know, tired him out during the season. You haven't used him to excess. You've allowed him to get fit on his own time and to contribute in his own way. And now he's totally strong and rested. He's both. He's strong because he's been able to get fit on his own time, and he's rested because you haven't played him in Houston in the middle of the summer, and you haven't played him on turf, and you haven't flown him across the country six times. Now you go into this playoff run. It's a short series, and Zlatan is out there able to concentrate and, and to run uh, for 90 minutes. The weather's cooler. There, there's just a lot of things where I kind of like this go-slow approach, and let's not look at this game and say, oh, my God, imagine what this guy would do for 90 minutes and just appreciate what he did. Let him get fit. Let's go forward. The, the MLS Cup game final is in December. Um, you can't win it unless you get there, and you're not going to get there in April. So, um, you know, I Zalatan's going to make a big difference if you keep him healthy and you keep him rested and you allow him to get fit and adjust to the league in his own time and don't take these 19 minutes and and say, wow, imagine if we took that 19 and 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 and, and spread it out over 90. It doesn't work that way. Nope, it does not. All right, uh, let's go to KJ. Uh, one of my favorite callers talking about uh, LAFC here. So uh, here's KJ. Oh, my goodness, Josh. It's KJ. Um, couldn't go to the game today because my kiddos had games, and so I had to watch it on TV, and I'm, I cannot believe that we stole that win. And I also just cannot believe that anybody wouldn't purchase your shirt at this point. Um, because nine lions is the exact amount needed in LA at any <laughs> given time. Um, what an amazing game to watch! I bet it was crazy at the StubHub. Talk to you later. All right, see, I didn't even pay her for that for that spot there, Kevin. I just would like to. Well, and what what's wrong? What perspective? To family comes before the galaxy. Come on, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I know. KJ should just ship the kids off to you know an aunt or an uncle, and then and then gone to just the game or something. Leave them home. It's only two hours. They'll be there they'll, when she gets back. They'll be fine. They'll take care of themselves. They're you know kids are resilient. They'll be fine. That's that's not an endorsement to leave your kids at home. I know somebody's gonna. I, Kevin, I know somebody's <laughs> like, oh well, Josh said so. So, so blah, yeah, blah, it's yeah, okay. It's fine. Uh, this. Is one of my favorite calls as well. Why? Because the couple that calls Corner of the Galaxy together stays together. Here's uh, Ronald and Jenny in North Hollywood. Hey, Josh. How you doing? This is Ronald from uh, North Hollywood. I'm a, a long-time listener, but um, I just left the game, and I just want to say that, wow, Platon legitimately, legitimately just saved us, and uh, he definitely just uh, paid off what he's worth in uh, the tap, tap money. And so I just want to say that uh, he's awesome, and we definitely uh, need to keep him and use him. So, uh, yes, absolutely, we, he definitely made a huge difference. And uh, let's go, Galaxy. Hi, and this is Jenny from North Hollywood as well. I just want to say that I'm very proud of Legit. I feel like he really did bring our spirit back with that first goal. And Slatan, uh, man, the lion never sleeps. All right, there you go. So, uh, Ronald and Jenny, thanks for the call. We certainly appreciate it. The Lion Never Sleeps. Sebastian Legette getting some love as well there, Kevin, and and rightfully he should, uh, as we talked about, you know, maybe he didn't have the best first half, but I don't know that there was anybody in the Galaxy who had a great... I, like I said, Rolf Felcher, for me, was the best player on the team in the first half, and that's not saying a whole bunch in terms well, of that. 
Again, we're talking about pumping the brakes, but I, you know, we're going to look back at this game if the Galaxy has a good season, and it's very likely that we're going to say this was the game that saved, if not turned around, the season because they lose this game, they lose their crosstown rival, they're you know winless in three in a row since the opener, um, and, and things aren't trending the right way, and and if you know their savior, the guy they brought in to save them. Wasn't able to turn that around against their rivalry. You know, against their rival, all of a sudden LAFC owns the city, at least in the short term. A lot of things go bad if they don't win this game. Now they could go back out and lose to Sporting Kansas City and kind of even things out a little bit. But still, having you know, if they wind up losing three in a row, they before the legit goal, they had a 181 minute scoreless streak. Um, right. You know, there were a lot of things that weren't working out well, and they wound up stealing that game and and winning and getting the full three points. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm again, I want to be cautious, but I could definitely see we look back at this game in July, August, September and say, yep, that was when it all started. Yeah. L.A. Galaxy third in the Western Conference right now, one spot above L.A.F.C. Uh, and of course, sixth in the supporter shield. If you look and I am tracking it, if you go to corner and click on the numbers, you can certainly see uh, the numbers articles that are there. If you go to game four, you can see that the lowest position the Galaxy have been so far in the Western Conference is ninth and the lowest in the supporter shield is 14th. So there's quite some variation on all of that still as well. All right, let's uh, try to finish up some of these calls. I want to get to, let's see, I think maybe one or two more. Let's uh, let's go to LA Galaxy Outsider. Kevin, your favorite person, LA Galaxy Outsider, uh, is is calling in. I think for the first time on our show. So let's uh, let's. Uh, I think it's quick. We we can we can give him a, a quick minute here. So here he is, LA Galaxy Outsider. Yo, what's up, Goose? K.A. L.A. Galaxy Outsider. Shout out to my boy K-Max. <laughs> and uh, so who's this Zlatan guy, man? He might just be good enough for the G's this year, dude. Shout out from the 626. Everyone at the SGV. What's up, y'all? All right, there you go, LA Galaxy Outsider. Given uh, K Bax, that's your that's your rapper name, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I'm know. speechless. I was gonna say, I knew you would be. So uh, we'll go on and let's get to uh, let's go to Justin in South Pasadena. And Justin, I hope you know both of our Sarahs from South Pasadena. And there's a little corner of the galaxy um, fan club going on there. So here is Justin from uh, South Pasadena. From South Pasadena, uh, love the show. You guys do a great job. And uh, about the game, wow! I mean, what, what is there really to say that hasn't already been said? It's it's just it was amazing. Uh, that was um, one of the best LA Galaxy games I've seen, certainly in, in a long time. One thing I wanted to um, observe on is that you know the fact that the Galaxy did that with three of their DPs not even on the bench, and um, we're still able to do that to LAFC. Um, and just thinking ahead as to what the game would be like when we actually fielded our full roster. Uh, and comparatively, how do you guys think LAFC would have fared without having their three DPs on the field in that game? Uh, anyways, love what you do, and uh, take care. That's a really good question, but of course LAFC only has two DPs right now. They have a third sign, Andre Horta, who won't be here likely until July. But yeah, there are other two DPs, Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela. Take those guys out. Uh, that's not nearly the game it was, and they're, and LAFC isn't nearly as good uh, as they played in that game and as they played in the first two games. You know, Rossi has three goals and now four assists. Vela had two goals and had a brace in that game. He has, I think, three assists on the season. So 
totally different team. I, I think the caller is right, and that's an interesting perspective that the Galaxy won without their three DPs. And yes, they were missed, but I think in sort of a much more nuanced way. Take Vela and Rossi off the field, and and it's a totally different LAFC team. All right. Well, I think our final call, let's go to uh, Yossi in Montebello. So here he goes. Yo, this is Yossi out in Montebello. Josh, what a game. Um, I'd like to start out and say um, the bright spots, uh, Felcher's crosses, great. Um, the fact that we didn't have anybody to close or finish them, um is uh you know a spot for improvement but um I'm glad that we're actually getting some service in. Uh Kit Perry Kitchen, awesome. Um also you know what else I'd like to see? I'd like to see Chris Pontius. I know he has a great shot from mid range. I'd like to see him he took a few shots here and there at uh, this game, but I wanna see him let loose a little more. I want to see him actually, you know, have the confidence to go ahead and just shoot because I know he can uh, score from mid range. And what can we say about Zlatan? Um, legend. Just legend. Already. Galaxy legend. Oh, also, um, I'd like to eat Crow because Ashley Cole, I talked so much smack about him when we first signed him. He's developed and he's turned into the such a backbone, such an integral part uh, of our team because um, the way he played the game today was how I felt watching it. Like, he's felt our emotions and he just go ahead and plays it out on the field and I think that's just very special and I appreciate it and I appreciate the whole team I'm trying to be PG here uh, so thank you so much LA Galaxy alright there you go there goes uh, Yotsi as well so Kevin there you go a bunch of different callers everybody getting on the board anything you want to touch on there or, or should we go yeah. to more questions yeah I appreciate him being PG but you know when he said Zlatan is a legend obviously he is but it reminded me of something that Again, short sample size. We've only been around him a couple of days, but in 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 sort of researching Zlatan, when he makes those statements, when he when he says these things about what he's going to do, like like I'll bring you the sixth trophy and and those kind of things, I've come to the conclusion that he does that as a way to fire himself up. He's not necessarily demeaning opponents. He's trying to fire himself up, and he knows that people are listening. And he knows that people are writing it down, and he knows he knows the haters want him to fail. And I think it's his way of saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And then he needs to go out and do it. And that's just the way to raise the bar for himself. Um, it's actually kind of brilliant the way he does it. But when you look at the fact that he scored in the first game in all these different leagues, that he's won 33 trophies, that he's already predicting a sixth MLS Cup here, <laughs> yep. it, 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 that's what makes him legendary. It, a lot of players have done things similar to what Zalatan, well, not a lot of players, some players have done things similar to what he's done, but he says it and then goes out and does it, and that's why that game was so amazing. It's because Zlatan sort of predicted that he was going to make this change, and then he went out and did it, and it's all cut from the same cloth. He says he's going to do it, then he wills himself to go out and do it, and then the rest of us sit back and say, gosh, I can't believe he did exactly what he said he is, and that's why he's a legend. Hey, it's, it's certainly something to it. All right, let's get to some other stuff that we have on here, including listener questions that came in from Twitter and Reddit, and we'll rapid-fire through these because we've already been going for a, a ridiculous amount of time but God, that I—I I don't know, Kevin. I just don't want to start stop ever talking about that game on Saturday. I'm thinking about starting a podcast that just talks about that game like once a week. Just, just when, like, when's Zlatan going to be on the show? Uh, yeah, 
<laughs> I'm sure next week. Let's just let's hold our breath for next week, right? Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, all right, so Oscar goes, Hey, guys, just wanted to ask how hard it was to stay professional when Zlatan scored the volley and headed the game winner in. I traveled from Vegas, and it was worth the 10-hour bus ride round trip to be at the game. Oscar, you are a stud traveling on a bus from Las Vegas to come to that game. I'm glad that I'm glad that Oscar came. Uh, we've already answered that question in terms of, you know, how difficult it was just, listen, I, I know everybody thinks that it, it's a bunch of guys who don't have any reactions whatsoever up in the press box. And that's certainly not the case. All right. So it wasn't as ruckus as it was in the stands. All right. Certainly not. Uh, but there was plenty of holy crap. What did I just see? Uh, asking other reporters, and then you're trying to do your job of trying to figure out, wait, wait, who headed the ball? Wait, what happened? How far away was he? All this stuff just sort of clicks through your mind pretty rapidly, I'd say. Right? About right, Kevin? Yeah, and, and you know, it, it was amazing. The, the worst part for me was I had, a, had to file a story right at the, at the gun at the final uh, whistle, and my story was largely done, and then I was trying to rewrite rapidly so I could get downstairs for the press conference. Yep. So yeah, there's a lot of extra work that goes into there, but I wouldn't have changed the ending of that game for anything in the world that was amazing no i don't think anybody would all right at uh jay hoff uh 1222 says uh question not related to el trafico uh he's asking if the red bulls win the semifinals against chivas would the galaxy new york red bull game on april 28th possibly be rescheduled i think we can almost say absolutely it would be rescheduled if if there's a, if that happens um but it's one of those things that will come down and that's one of the things kevin right now i think the galaxy actually have a pretty spaced out calendar uh, if you start rearranging games, you start stacking them up in the second half of the season, and uh, I don't necessarily love that going down the stretch. And so I would hope the Galaxy could avoid that. So maybe you're uh, maybe you're rooting for the uh, for for New York to get knocked out of the uh, of the Concacaf Champions League. Uh, but I also think that they have a pretty good chance of uh, of getting by as well. So we'll I guess that's that's one of those wait and sees. Have you heard anything, Kevin? No, I haven't, but that, that makes sense. And remember, too, because of the uneven number of teams in the league, there are around 23 teams in the league, everybody has – there is a bye, a bye week, at least one team that has a bye week every week. So presumably the, the Galaxy, I think theirs is in June, which is during the World Cup break. Um, you know, New York will have one as well. So I think there's probably going to be enough flexibility in the, in the calendar to build that in. The problem might be then it comes at a different time of year. Maybe it comes in a time that's much hotter during the year or it comes in a time when, when perhaps, you know, one team is on the road a couple of weeks and now they had an extra road game. So it is going to change things. It is going to make it a little more difficult. But I think this particular year, perhaps more than any other, it's, it's something that the league could probably absorb a lot easier. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, JNog86. Uh, and he says, uh, quick question. Uh, how should how much should we read into neither Dos Santos brother dressing for the match? Is it just injury, or is there a chance Papa Dos Santos doesn't want them sharing the limelight with Zlatan, Kevin? No, I don't think that's it at all. I do. I, I am very curious, and I'm going to try to find out exactly who and what Ziggy meant when he said that we want players who want to play. Um, who he was referring to, uh, I I got the impression that Ziggy was not happy after training on Friday. Was not happy with. One or more of that group of four, which is Siani, Dos Santos, Dos Santos, and Alessandrini, none of the four addressed. I, I Am I reading something into that? Yes, I'm probably reading too much into it. But I don't think Papa Dos Santos got involved, and I don't think Zlatan had anything to do with it. But Ziggy saw or heard something, apparently, that that did not warm his heart. And, um, it, you know, whether whether they it, he was be just being cautious, uh, and maybe he was trying to deflect that and, and, and lead us in a different way. 
you know, that could have been part of it. But I just found what he said interesting because when we were interviewing at the time, it was all uh, rainbows and butterflies, and he's the one that turned the conversation sort of into a dark way. So I, I just... I'm going to keep watching that, and we'll see who dresses next week. Yeah, it'll it'll be another thing to keep an eye on, certainly. Um, and I will say that I believe that those guys are injured. I believe all three of them slash all four with Siani as well. Um, all three of the designated players in Siani are all injured and that they are, you know, struggling to get back. And I think that there's a good chance you will get some back for Sporting Kansas City. But as I preface this show with Kevin, I also thought that they would be back for LAFC. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Optimus E24 says, uh, for the pod tonight, with Zlatan on the team, what will be called a successful season? And and he also goes on and says, Gio played well with Keane in the past. Do you see Gio flourishing with Zlatan on the field with him? So there are your two questions, Mr. Kevin Baxter. You get to pick whichever one you want. Uh, I'm going to take the second one. Yeah. I don't see Zlatan helping Gio necessarily. I think he helps Alessandrini. I think I, – I just think – I don't want to see that – they definitely don't play the same type of game clearly. But I just don't see Ibra's game blending with Gio's the way I see it probably working with Alessandrini's. But Alessandrini is going to – you know. Uh, Ibra presumably is going to take a lot of the defenders inside. That's going to open things up for Alessandrini. I think he's going to be very effective as he has always been from the flanks. He can come into the middle too. I see if anyone benefits from the game, it's probably from Ibra being there. I think it's Ola and probably Alessandrini. I'll say the other thing that is if you're looking at a formation that has Gio on the field with Zlatan and Kamara and Alessandrini and Jonathan Dos Santos and Perry Kitchen, if you do all that, then Sebastian Legette and Ima Boateng are both on the bench. And if that happens, then Gio's playing a wing position. So I could see Gio benefiting in the assist way and also maybe a little bit like Alessandrini too, if he's playing out on the wing, which we know isn't necessarily one of his favorite places to play, Kevin. But at the right. same if time... If he comes into the middle, I think yeah. that there's just... Speak of El Trafico, I think there's too much <laughs> El Trafico in the middle. All right, let's go to uh, Frank. Frank wrote me today uh, to tell me a story, and I'm going to share the story with you. Uh, Frank says, so I'm in the Navy, I'm, and my ship stopped in Singapore. He says, I'm at a random karaoke bar, in this, and there's this random older gentleman singing this random old, uh, singing this, uh, this uh, some late 80s American songs. He is wearing a Man United shirt, so I stop and ask him if he knows the LA Galaxy as I point to my LA Galaxy t-shirt. The first out of his ma- word out of his mouth in Singapore in a karaoke bar is Ibrahimovic. And I tell him, yes, we just got him. And he tells me of how he watched the game and it was great. Uh, he goes, he goes. I've only been in Singapore for six hours and I haven't watched the highlights yet, but I have read every review, especially on Corner of the Galaxy, my go-to. We had a great conversation and I found out that he helps train the Singapore youth team. It still amazes me how this game has helped bridge a gap with a Manchester United fan. Probably I never would have shared um, how we were able to beat our rivals with. So just thought I would share some of this randomness that the Galaxy puts in front of us. So there you oh. go. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I was in a karaoke bar in Singapore and ran to a Manchester United fan, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> I'll tell you. I, you know, it's one of those things. I, I, again, this is a great story, one, because Frank, uh, obviously, uh, dedicating his life and, 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 and being of service to us in the Navy and doing a wonderful job, and he likes the show, and we're keeping him updated while he's on on the ship and everywhere else. And so, uh, Frank, we, we wish you safe, safe sailing there. Get back to us real soon so that way you can see an L.A. Galaxy game in person, all right? Why just Frank? What's the, going on with the rest of the Pacific fleet? Come on, guys. They're, they're loud. As, I know. It's just Frank. That's the only one who emails us. So I think there's one sailor out of the entire Pacific fleet that's a Galaxy fan. 
that likes us. So Frank, see if you can extend that. Maybe you could get a a, a galaxy, uh, you know, fan group on the ship or something like that. I, that's you know, I yeah. have to say real quickly, I was at the World Cup in 2010, and I w- was in a hotel, and I wore a galaxy T-shirt down to the gift shop to buy something, and. All the workers in the gift shop, it, that's, this was 2010, Ibrahimovic was just a glint in our eye at that point. And <laughs> they all said, Beckham, Beckham, LA Galaxy Beckham. And they knew the Galaxy, they knew MLS, but they knew it because of David Beckham. And so it, kind of that Singapore story is a little bit, when Jovan talks about we're back, that's what he's talking about. The global recognition of the team because of one international star. Uh, 8-Bit Ninja on Reddit says, how many minutes were most people expecting Zlatan to get? I seriously thought he would get 10 minutes at most and mostly for spectacle, spectacle, not for sporting merit. Kevin, you, you had him about 10 minutes and I right, had him for the exact same reason. I thought that he, he'd run around, wave to the crowd, be kind of like a show pony. Never expected that he would influence the game. Um, no one expected he would do that. Come on, anyone who's going to say that they did, they're <laughs> they're that guy in the bar. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect him to be a real intense 10 minutes. It was more like breaking into a sweat. And you know what? He, my mind on that even changed because before Zlatan came, everybody in the galaxy, Jovan, Chris Klein, Ziggy, were all saying, when I would say, well, he's not going to play 48 hours after getting off the plane. And they were all, well, don't, you know, don't count him out. Don't, you know, I wouldn't bet that way. And then at the press conference, Ziggy said something to the effect of, well, we'll see how he feels in the morning and, and we'll play it by ear. We really haven't decided yet. Um, I took that as, a, you know, they wanted to build up the press conference. And then once they got there, then Ziggy was telling the truth. Look, he's probably not going to play. Um, and... Uh, so it, that that almost changed my mind the other way. Never, I would have bet the house against him playing twenty meaningful minutes and scoring two goals. Yeah, it, it seems that way. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'll be the one on Reddit says, "What is our injury update?" I feel. I really feel the game would have been massively different if we had a couple of our people back. What positions do you think need the most help in? Right back, center back, forward. We haven't seen Clementa at all. Is the drop off really that different? And he goes on to comment and said, "Husidic was the most effective sub outside of Zlatan. The tactics changed." In the second half, the first half was ugly. What is the best way to stop the high press in the counter of uh, of Chivas? I believe he's talking about LAFC. Hmm, wonder why he said Chivas. So so curious. Uh, so that's that's where uh, where he's talking. Basically, our injury update, Kevin, I believe, is right now is that we'll wait and see this week. Uh, the Galaxy training Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday. They'll train Thursday, Friday, Saturday, game on Sunday. So there's plenty of chances here to work Roman Alessandrini, Jonathan Dos Santos, Giovanni Dos Santos, and and uh, Michael Ciani back into uh, into shape before they get the Sunday game against Sporting Kansas City. Um, do you have any differing of opinion on that? No, no. I think that I didn't notice anyone get hurt in the game, so that's always a good thing because th- that might be the first game maybe this year where no one's gotten hurt in the Van- game. I don't think Vancouver or anybody got hurt in Vancouver, but it was we we were questioning whether or not somebody would come back in Vancouver and, and we got, and, and the galaxy ended up getting Perry kitchen and Chris Pontius back. So, um, and, and Joel Pedro, quite honestly, who's now down with LA galaxy too. Um, so that's, uh, that's how that worked. So anyway, I mean, there are a bunch of positions that still need help. I would say that, uh, that offensively was Zlatan Ibrahimovic in there. I feel like they're a little more short up at, uh, in the attacking position there, Kevin. Um, so that helps. Remember, they didn't have another, another yeah. really another true striker yep. because uh, Bradford Jamison still out with the concussion protocol, and they were using Ari Lasseter there, and then Pontius was kind of you know yep. helping out a little bit, but they didn't have a true dangerous threat, and now they have one coming off the bench. 
for the time being, uh, who definitely is a dangerous threat and changes everything. I, I think if I was gonna, if I could improve one position on the field right now, it would probably be center back. I'd want another really good center back um, that you could for sure pair with Shelvick because I feel like Shelvick is, is is the better center back between Siani and Steres and Romney right now. It feels like Shelvick's probably the best. So maybe there's some something you could boost right there. I don't know. That's sort of that's sort of the one position right now that I'm sort of grasping at. Maybe another left back, although I really like Dave Romney at left back and Ashley Cole seems to be doing fine. They have depth everywhere now, Kevin. Um, and I was impressed with Felcher and I have been the last two games. So I feel like the Galaxy are getting there. Um, but I feel like maybe there's still one piece missing there at defense. Maybe it's Hilliard Arce is the center back. Well, that's what I was going to say. The one thing is, yes, there's a lot of question marks on the on the back line. And it seems funny to say there's a lot of question marks, but there's a lot of depth because then it's like, well, then why don't you put the players on the bench in there? But what I mean is that it does, does give them a lot of options. The idea of moving Ashley Cole into the midfield late in the game, that's brilliant. And you can do that because you have Romney on the bench or you have Hilliard Arce if you want to use him. Right. You know, you can change, change things around with your center backs. And, and if you decide that maybe there's not a huge drop-off between any of those guys, maybe you start one and you, and you get a rotation going. And then all of a sudden, when you get to these games later in the season, your guys are stronger than their guys, the guys on the other team who've been playing 90 minutes every game. So I, it sounds funny to say, but there's a lot of depth, and that depth is a strength. And maybe there isn't one standout player, but there's a lot of probably six players, five. I'll say Ashley Cole is head and shoulders above anybody else, but at least five players that, you know, you don't lose a lot when you put one in over the other. And 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 that allows you, again, to do things like bring Romney in, bring Hilliard Arce in, move Ashley Cole into the midfield, allow him to set up some of these uh, uh, crosses to uh, to Ola or to Zlatan. It just gives you a ton of options because you do have enough guys that you have confidence in on the bench. Yeah, it'll uh, it, it, again, this is uh, still a team in in the making, still trying to figure out all these spots and how it goes. Our final question of the night. Thank God we're there. Uh, N. Miranda says, how many times have you watched the replays? Honestly, I'm still smiling, laughing, or shaking my head. Go Galaxy. I, I can't even tell you how many times I watched them. Between watching the whole second half, between watching the replay on Fox Sports, as I talked about, uh, between uh, making the replays with Titanic music because I was mad that people were putting the cue for, the, for Celine Dion singing in the wrong spot. There's a reason the Titanic music works, people. You put Celine, when she starts to sing, after the little bridge and the buildup there, you put it at the most dramatic moment, which is when the ball hits the back of the net. This is not that difficult. Um, well, what about the call on Fox? That was great. John uh, John Strong was great. Yeah. Uh, oh, come on. Oh, come on. Yep, there was that, <laughs> that one. That was amazing. That was great. And then if you've heard the Spanish one, which I don't speak Spanish, but I still enjoy it, there's basically like the two guys just lost their voice on it, and it was great too. Um, I heard the English one, and the English one is sort of in disbelief as well. So if you think the English uh, English announcers were, were calm and collected, uh, for Mr. Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring that goal, you have another thing coming to you because they no lo- stiff upper lip. There was no stiff upper lip there. There was there was just there was there was acknowledgement that what that was was something special. That was a world class goal, as Siggy Schmidt said. LA Galaxy will play another game, although maybe I just want to live in this moment for the rest of the what's, year. What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> what, what's the point of playing another? I know it's yeah. The, just stop now. <laughs> just stop. Now. Just call it call it a season. No, no. The Galaxy have momentum on their side now. Third in the Western Conference, sixth in the support. Shield, everything's starting to go their way, Kevin. So now is the time to put the gap, put the foot on the gas, and go. 
and we have been talking, you and I, about Sporting Kansas City and how the Galaxy can run over Sporting Kansas City, and Sporting Kansas City has quietly won a whole bunch of games and sits at the top of the Western Conference with 10 points, and I will say that they do not deserve to be up there and that they have been beating bad teams by slim margins, and I do not believe in their firstness. All right. Yeah, I, they they have ten goals, which lead, tied for the league lead. They've given up nine, so the they they lead the. Think about that for a minute. They lead the league in goals, but their goal differential is plus one. They're three one and one. They have a four game unbeaten streak. Um, but again, you know, they beat DC United one to nothing on a ricochet goal. Felipe Gutierrez leads the league with five goals. Um, he scored a game winning goal, I think, in in all three of their wins. Which again, if you if you you know if you're winning one to nothing and the guy scores a goal, it's probably going to be the game winner. So. You can look at the numbers in both ways. Yes, they lead the league in goals, but they also top in in goals or near the top in goals allowed. Um, They have the guy Gutierrez leads the league in goals scored and has three game-winning goals, but the the games that he's won, you know, not really been dominant. And as you said, they played some pretty weak teams and not really looked impressive. So they come in leading the Western Conference, but certainly uh, don't come in dominating the Western Conference in any way, shape, or form. When I looked at the schedule. Uh, without looking at the, the 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 standings or anything else, when I looked at the Galaxy schedule, I really thought that Sporting Kansas City and now Chicago Fire game on the road, Chicago's terrible. But when I looked at that schedule, they start with Portland, New York, Vancouver, LAFC. I, the Sporting Kansas City thing just jumped out at me, and it's like, that's an easy game. Um, and then they got Chicago, and then they, then they get back in deep again with Atlanta, New York, Red Bulls, Houston. Yep. So this always looked like an easy game to me, and I'm not going to change my mind just because uh, – uh, Sporting Kansas City is at the top of the standings. I still think that this is a game that's very winnable for the Galaxy, especially at home. All right. Well, uh, Sunday, April 8th, at 6 p.m. Pacific kickoff time. Uh, Fox Sports 1, FS1 is where you can find that game, so please go check that out. All right, Mr. Baxter, is there anything else that you would like to uh, to share with us before we get out of here? I felt like I did 40 podcasts in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> it feels it feels that way, I know. Absolutely. This podcast lasted, what, almost 10 times as long as uh, as Laton Ibrahimovic's uh, 19 minutes? <laughs> yeah, a little more than 10 times as long, uh, yeah, exactly. It, it, it feels that way. Somebody's going to do the actual math on that and yell at me, but whatever. Uh, again, LA Galaxy face-off on Sunday, April 8th against Sporting Kansas City at StubHub Center. Another live show coming up on Thursday, 7 p.m., so please check that out. We'll get you ready for that Sporting Kansas City game and see if we can finally put uh, this last week's game behind us. I don't think that's nope, ever going to happen. Never. Not, not going to happen. happen. All right. Well, if you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, you can find him at latimes.com. That's where he does all of his writing. And of course, look for him on Twitter at kbaxter11. That's where you can find him. Kbax, his rapper name, just in case you want to see him drop something hot on SoundCloud. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Cornerthegalaxy.com. Our shirts, our scarves are for sale right there. Cornerthegalaxy.com. Just click on the shop button. $25 for each of those items gets them to you. We ship the scarves fast. The shirt's about 13 days left as you're listening to this April 2nd podcast. All right? All right, that does it. What a weekend for the LA Galaxy. 4-3 win over LAFC coming from behind all the way down to 3-0. Never going to forget that game. Absolutely. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. 
And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.